I don't know how, what I actually do with the thoughts, but they come out either on film or on paper or on tape. I've just got lots of tape, which I suppose if I put onto paper, it'd be a book. But it's just a matter of do I want to make those tapes into paper or make the tapes into records. Does it feel the same to you when you're writing something on paper and when you're writing a song lyric? Uh, it, it does now. In the old days, I used to think the songwriting was this, you know, and I love you and you love me. And my writing was something else, you know, even if I didn't think of it quite like that. But then I just realized through Dylan and other people, Bob Dylan, not Thomas, and that it is the same thing, you know, and that's why I didn't realize being so naive and that, that, you know, you don't write pop songs and then you do that and then mm. you do that. Mm. That everything you do is the same thing, so do it the same way.
let's get down to it, boppers. Bodies. It's the Ron Fez Show. Live on one of the weekdays. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It's the North American Show. Ron Bennington, Fez Watley, Chris Tanley, and Eastside Dave MacDonald. On a weekday. Get the show started with a... Fezzy, have we done one of those lucky callers this week? We have not done that yet. No one's gotten lucky this week. Mm, It's weird. Alexandra in Jersey, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, buddy. No. Hey, I got an Ichi run for you guys, and you are right on the ball. Today is John Lennon's death day. Oh, this is our Alexandra that was our intern. Yeah. Uh, do you have a death day? Is that the actual title, Fez? I think it is your death day. Yeah. I, I thought it was always the anniversary of your death. I never thought it was called a death day. How many years are we talking, Alexandra? 29. 29 years ago. Bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre amount of time has gone by. Seems like just yesterday. Why? You would have not, Were you even born, Dave? You were two? I was about two years old. Then your mom woke you up in your crib? <laughs> Something John Lennon's gone. <laughs> yeah, and my dad, who went by the name of Mr. Holland, was crying. Oh, that's so sad. During his opus. Uh, Alexandra, are you going out uh, tonight? I always go out and sing with the hippies. Yeah, I think feels. I might. All right, I'll be looking for you. All righty. Bring hot chocolate. Bring hot chocolate. Um, here's, uh, here's Roger in New York. Roger, how are you, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Good. Hey, am I the Ichiban today? I think it's me being the lucky caller, going in the prize closet Uh, and winning those Bose headphones that I know that are in there. uh, Let me check. Eh, Sorry about that. Didn't get it. Uh, John in Florida, he thinks he's got an John, we lose you, buddy? Looks like his iron lung went out. Uh, Will, Will, Massachusetts, you're on Fez. Hey, salutations. Got Nietzsche Bond. What do you got, my friend? The uh, Mighty Mighty Boston's have come out with their first new album in seven years today. Oh, is that right? Have you heard it yet? Yeah, I have. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the My favorite guy in Mighty Mighty Boston's is the guy who just dances next to him. There's Benny no- Carr? Yeah, he's just just sitting there. He's dancing back and forth, and the thing that you gotta give him is he works up a sweat. It may be the best job in show business. I am telling you though, it gets a little exhausting. I mean, the bass player just gets to stand there, mm-hmm. but that dancing guy's gonna keep on dancing. I think it's like all the work of being a frontman without the fame and the Absolutely coolness. Absolutely right. The fact that I'm fair. going on the dancing guy. Right. He's Jagger. If Jagger didn't sing. Right. That's not fair. And let's face it, in rock and roll, you don't have to sing all that great to be the singer. Every band really should have a dancing guy. Well, normally it is the guy who sings. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, David Lee Roth, Mick Jagger, that's the dancing guy in those bands. Uh, Dan in Florida, you're on Fez. 
Hey, Bobby. Uh, nice job on the opener today. I was wondering if uh, Davey Mack needed any help from Earl putting that together. And um, second off, have you ever seen Yoko down with all the hippies? I, I hear she comes out and listens to a couple songs. I'm not sure if you've ever uh, spotted her in the crowd. Absolutely not. She's only been out there once that I know of, and that was four years ago on the 25th anniversary. And she came over and just put some flowers down. And there were tons of people there for the 25th. Whenever there's a five or a zero, uh, you can say ten times more people will be there. I don't know what it is about fives or zeros. But everyone decides, like... I'm 30 and freaks the fuck out. And then they're fine. Then they're like, fuck, I'm 35, you know, and then they're kind of crazy, but not as crazy. And then it's, I'm fucking 40. And they just decide to get weird, pretty weird on the fives, very weird on the zeros. So she comes out on the 25th and has these flowers and there's just thousands of people there that have been singing songs. And suddenly, you could have heard a pin drop. And everybody just kind of got out of the way. She laid the flowers down, and she went back into the Dakota. But they normally will have a candle burning in the window of the Dakota. But as far as I uh, I know about it, uh, they really don't... Uh, I don't think she's the world's biggest fan on this day of people being out there and singing his old songs. I think it would get to you as as a widow. I think it would get to her. Here it is, the lady trucker. Good morning, fellas. I got a itchy bun. I heard uh, Ron uh, this morning you had a little chit chat with Bill Cosby. Now, how did you hear that? Uh, they said it on O and A. Jimmy went down there and had to get pictures, and they said he uh, they mentioned that he had talked to him 15 minutes before the interview. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy did a a pre-interview. Uh, with Bill as we were waiting for the interview. I ran into E-Rock after the ONA show. Mm -hmm. He seemed pretty upset, and he said Jimmy was really upset that that happened, that that wasn't supposed to happen, Jimmy talking that long with Cosby not, not, before not, the interview. Not a problem. Obviously, we love Jimmy, uh, but Jimmy has to get his picture taken with people. Mm -hmm. And it was already like a strange thing. It was like, Jimmy's like, I got to get my picture taken, which makes... E-Rock, the guy who's going, Jimmy's got to get his picture taken. But instead of just saying that, Jimmy, uh, you know, E-Rock is like, uh, how you guys doing? Yeah, we just interviewed, and he tells me he's, he's going pretty good. And I'm like, yeah, and he's going like this. And Jimmy wants to get his picture taken. So E-Rock has, is, I guess, he's forced to feel as OCD as Jimmy, but he doesn't want to say. Right. Jimmy just wants to get his picture taken. And uh, But it was all fine. Of course, Jimmy uh, is more than welcome. And who wouldn't want to meet Bill Cosby? If it was up to me, we would have sat there and talked comedy. Uh, my embarrassment was this. Well, first of all, the deal is this. We wanted to get Cosby for an unmasked. Um, we could not because the only way he would do it was to talk about this album of rap music. And I said, okay, I read your book. I don't want to talk about the book. There's the rap music and the hip-hop. and the, I'll go, okay. And um, that's fine. We'll, we'll talk about the rap music. Wait for the rappers. We're going to wait for the boys to get here. It's Supernova. It's Jace the Great. Spaceman's coming in. I go, okay, fine. Whatever it takes. Be happy with it. 
But then Steve Leeds says, and this kind of embarrassed me while we're all there, this is a young comedian named Jimmy Norton that would love to meet you. And I'm like, you can't fucking introduce Jimmy as a young comedian. That sounds like the fucking open mic night thing. But there is something about this place. We get all these great things. But everyone, they're, they're like a dog biting themselves in the ass. You were nutty today, Fez. Mm -hmm. Hicks was nutty. Uh, Dave was a no-show. I had asked Earl to come in, and he's like, that early? And I'm like, okay, fuck it. Doesn't matter. So Cosby's like this with me the whole time. Why this studio was so small? It's tiny. Where are they going to sit? Tell me where the boys, do you do this for everyone? And everyone fucking goes off. And, you know, uh, I, I, I wish we would have taped all this shit. And then, you know, uh, of course, Jimmy would wanted to meet Bill. And it was just so fucking odd. And then he says to Leeds, I would like some water. And he goes, all right, we'll get you guys in a bottle, a bottle of water if you have. And he was trying to nicely say this precise water. There will be no bubbles. And I'm like, well, here's what we need to. Bill Cosby's been like a gigantic star for 45 years. We just have no way of dealing. It should have been really laid out big for him here. And the fact that I'm given a book the other day to read, and then I was like, no, not the book. The book cannot be. This is going to be the rap album. We will discuss the rap with the rappers. And at one point it goes like this. You talk very loud. Why, why are we in this room? He would just keep saying weird shit like this to me. And I looked around at no time. Um, did they... Was there anyone in like in a producer's situation for me? You know, my producers. One of them was wearing a wig and is fucking backwards, and he's running down the hall. Cause I'm like, well, we got a couple minutes here. That's why I was fucking glad to have Jimmy, you know, come in and start asking about the village and stuff. Cause that was the initial thing that I wanted to do the interview on, not the rap album. But you know, and and E Rock is just snapping pictures. Snapping pictures. It was very fucking strange. Yeah, I know E-Rock was pretty upset when he came up to me. Well, and uh, We've already, uh, uh, you know, we've already discussed it. They don't have to worry about a thing. I get that Jimmy wants to meet people. He had every right to meet them. My only problem is I would have fucking liked to give him a real introduction. Not introducing him like a young comedian. And... You know, like it was fucking open mic night. Jimmy's got fucking serious credits. Uh, and he should be treated that way. Not introduced as a young comedian. Um, yeah, and he it, was it, it, I don't, I don't want to go through any negativities. It was wonderful. I mean, he got to meet Cosby. We all got to sit there and talk to Cosby. Was it what we, you know, would have wanted in a perfect world? No, but we're going to run the interview later, and it's going to be fun. That's all. So, um, overall, it went well. No. Oh. I just gave you the whole... F I just told you the whole story. It was a fucking... It was like eating mushrooms. 
And that's kind of fun, though. Yeah, definitely it's fun. Yeah. But I, so I would predictable. Have, you know, and then we sat down. It was me and Cosby and four other people that I'd never, you know, well, Spaceman I'd heard of. Uh, and Spaceman is the producer of this thing who actually knows Franklin from another interview uh, that we've done in the past. Really? Oh, and then uh, another guy got yelled at for talking on the phone too close to Cosby. Excuse me. We're talking here. Oh, it was fun. But you really, uh, uh, you know, I was trying to discuss this with a couple of people. You just don't meet people who are as big as stars as Bill Cosby for as long. That's like meeting Lucille Ball or Bob Hope. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Same thing. They're, absolutely. They, they are icons. fucking Mount Rushmore comedians. Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I mean, there before we started to talk about any of this stuff. And that's why, I mean, what would you like to talk to Bill Cosby about? Stand-up. Not uh, State of Emergency, the Cosnerati. I'm glad to do it. When I was six, I memorized his whole HBO special, and I used to perform it for, like, all my classmates. Dude, everybody has that from a different era. Yeah. Everybody, either you had the album uh, or the... That HBO one with the one that his wife was having a baby. Yep, and, and I'm Jeffrey. I'm four years old on the airplane. It's just it's amazing. Fucking amazing. And I still that remember it. That is great. He gives us <laughs> chocolate cake. And the children come in and they're happy and everybody's... Uh, push, push. They stumped, They still sometimes replay it. And it's perfect because it's a timeless thing. It's not like he was talking about Reagan or anything like that. It's well, great. The the weird shit is, like, people will act like, you know, that Pryor was real and Cosby wasn't. Which is crazy talk, because Cosby was real to who Cosby was. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you have a Pryor, if you don't have Cosby. I don't know if it exists. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have a backlash until you have a fucking lash. Something has to be out there first. But, you know, everybody's talking about the civil rights thing. And, like, 1964, when people uh, couldn't go to school down south and let alone forget, you know, uh, fucking eat at a counter or whatever, you know, sit down at a counter and have a hamburger, Cosby got on TV on the I Spy deal with a white guy and a black guy being partners. It was like, Incredibly radical without saying this is radical. It's just incredibly crazy to think that he was able to do that even pre uh, of some of the really gigantic civil rights stuff. So and it's really weird because, uh, you know, a lot of uh, people are upset with Cosby about this new front that he's taken about taking care of problems on it. I, I tried to talk to him about that a little bit, but almost acting like he doesn't have a right when he was there before anybody. And the great news is Jimmy's got his picture with him, too, which is fantastic. I mean, if you're like me who grew up with the Cosby show, you know, the Cliff Huxtable thing, he was like America's dad. And I just swear to God, I never saw him as like an African-American. He was just everyone knew this guy. That's why he was he was un unfucking believable because everyone had a relative, a grandfather, or something that was like that. Well, when everyone you know, 
people just forget how gigantic that show was. And that Huge. was like his third or fourth giant show business thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he had some giant show business things before that. But when that show hit, we don't even have anything close to that big today. And that was bigger than American Idol. And he became iconic in anything that he did. The Fat Albert cartoons or picture pages. Well, commercials, yeah. The cartoons, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know about movies. I don't think that you can say that he had the gigantic movie career. I actually like Leonard Part 6. I know that people don't... The, 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 we're talking about getting over. Yeah. Not your own personal taste. Okay. I wish you would have been there to say that in his other ear <laughs> and get your picture taken with him. <laughs> I don't do the picture thing. How come? I don't like the way I look in pictures. It just looks like an ugly redhead man standing next to a celebrity. But if you've had a hundred of them, wouldn't it start to look funny? Like, when those pictures will have, like, a funny cutout dog, and then there'll be, like, a hundred of them? Well, I have, like, the one of me and Duff McKagan from GNR standing in my house, and it's just, it's terrible. It's a bloated, fat redhead man standing next to a rocker. All right, who's the drummer from there? Steven Adler. The day on ONA, when you did the funny dance with Steven Adler was, in my opinion, when the world stopped being real to me and <laughs> fucking turned into cartoon world. When you guys held hands and started to jump up and down, I'm not sure if I've ever watched any video in my life. And I'm talking comedy, fucking porn, name it. I don't think I watched as many uh, of that I did... And every time I reacted like it was the first time. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Well, I, I think of how I felt. I love Appetite for Destruction since I was nine. And here I am dancing with the fucking drummer of the album. It was very strange. But Bill Cosby is, oh my God. Well, he, he's probably the, the best TV dad ever. I can't think of another TV dad except for maybe Van Dyke. Um, here is Colin in Tampa, your manifest. Hey, I also wanted to mention if you ever saw the uh, the uh, Playboy show in the 50s when it was on black and white, 50s and 60s, uh, Bill Cosby and Chell Silverstein are there the whole time just uh, completely macking on all these white women, and no one, there was never an uproar about it. Chell Silverstein, uh, who is the poet, the kid's cartoonist, the songwriter, <laughs> I actually brought him up to, uh, with uh, Chris Christopherson. He's one of my all-time favorite Americans. All-time favorite. How the hell are you doing children's books and then living in the Playboy Mansion? And he had some kind of like crazy list of the amount of playmates in a row that he slept with. It's just, and then in the meantime, he's putting out, you know, light in the attic and the, where the sidewalk ends. This is crazy stuff. Um... 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Here's uh, Chris in L.A. Hey, good morning, boys. How are you? Yeah. Um, listen, I, I have an issue bomb for you. I went to a screening of the movie Nine last night uh, based on you talking about it. About a couple weeks ago, you had, we were watching the trailer on the air, and I yeah. checked out the trailer and had an opportunity to go check it out last night. What would you think, beautiful. man? Honestly, visually, it's it's. Stunning. It really is. It, it looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful. And, I mean, every woman in it is absolutely stunning. Like Penelope, Penelope Cruz. This but, is gonna, but it's just like, a visual like, thing. I'm not going to like the story. It's 
you know the story. The story is a little. If you can, if you if you're into musicals and you can read into mm-hmm. like lyrics and how they kind of interplay with the storyline, mm-hmm. it's it's a really cool story of somebody you know who's known for their genius who basically um, is caught in this kind of midlife crisis about like all the shit they got to deal with between their their personal things and their obsessions as well as their career. So I mean, it's a cool story. But it's a movie that's probably not for the faint of heart because it doesn't just give you the story. You got to like read a lot of shit into it. But visually, you could just sit there because the trailer was just so damn gorgeous. Yeah, and I'll I'll say like I probably dug the trailer more than I than I dug the entire movie because it's kind of like the way it's paced is like performance piece, plot line, storyline kind of stuff, then performance piece and plot line story. And so the way after just the kind of repetition of the way it's paced. It's kind of like, okay, all right, we get it, we get it. But, um, but it's definitely worthwhile going. And somebody that appreciates film like you do will definitely dig it. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to see if Cosby wants to go with me. <laughs> I want water in a bottle. A bottle of water, not a plastic, but a bottle. <laughs> Fuzzy, I had to make this up to uh, Norton. I feel really embarrassed about the uh, young comedian thing. Well, he was embarrassed that Leeds even introduced him. But to introduce him that way, we have got to... uh... Alright, here's what I want to do. Who all we got with this? We got Pepper and Dave... We have. Um, right, here's what we're gonna do. Later, we're gonna go into Leeds's office and beat him up. Oh yes! And sounds good. Here's my plan right now. Leave him for dead. Because here's one of the things that I honestly feel like I'm good at: introducing people. And I mean that. It's it's a fucking art form, but I will be able to introduce people so that each person will understand. Because there's no there's no reason for Bill to know, uh, you know, Jimmy. The cursing alone would, you know, he wouldn't be able to get around it. Right. But he would know him completely as a fucking, uh, you know, as a comic. And he should have had that fucking moment with him. Maybe we can get Leeds' secretary so we can do a little two for Tuesday type deal. No, tie tie to the radio show. I don't, what's he talking about? I don't know what he means. If you, if you get leads and a secretary, two for Tuesday. We I don't know a secretary. Two bo- two bodies. I'm sure he has one, right? What are you basing that on? I don't the, think the he has one. Corporations. But you see what I'm saying, Fez? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jimmy is our friend and deserved a nice introduction. I hate the fucking. I hate the fact of that kind of stuff. I don't understand people who work, who, who deal with people who don't know how to do a nice introduction. I don't need a bottle, and I'm going to use some Joe Boy. Everyone thinks they can do a Cosby. Let me hear you, Cosby. The Joe put him pop. Oh, that's that's Tom Brokaw. Let me hear your Cosby. 
Claire Huxtable is going to go out to look at the Theo and Rudy. Everybody thinks they have it. Let me hear yours again. Well, Jello Pudding Pops is what the children am, want. Am I crazy when I hear Brokaw? It's Brokaw. I didn't know I could do Brokaw. Yeah, you got a Brokaw now. <laughs> Think oh, Cosby died. Let me see your list. Oh. Let me see your secret list. I said two secret lists sealed in an envelope. Yeah. I'm going to be the only one to know. Uh, how this goes down. I'm running mine in right now. As we yeah, speak. run it in. All right, someone took my envelope. Who's someone? I have no idea. Also, <laughs> these are hysterical. Uh, these are the ones that you've already done on the air, right, Dave? Uh, I'm going to premiere a new one as well. Just one new one? Maybe uh, if I think of something tonight. No, this is the list. Oh, okay, if that's the list, then that's the list. Yeah. But how about those things in parentheses? No? Um, Matt in Buffalo, you're on a fez. Hey, Mr. B. Yeah. Um, I think you're, you're putting too much in, you know, on this whole introduction deal because when Jimmy was saying it on the ONA show, he was, really, he was really jazzed about the fact that he got to talk to him. He, uh, they talked about Pryor, and he didn't. Jimmy, that I don't know. He didn't make it a mention of it, or made it sound like he you cared know, about but, the fact uh, that he got know, introduced that way. And, and I know that Jimmy was happy with it, but he should. Uh, the thing is, it should have been done properly. That's all. He should have gotten the introduction that he obviously deserves. Uh, You're a gentleman, Mister B. When I, when I did the thing with Newhart, uh, Jimmy wanted to come down and meet Bob Newhart. I turned around and introduced Jimmy with his credits. Mm -hmm. With his credits to let Newhart know he's not meeting some fucking bum on the street. You bring up the books. You bring up the, the Leno thing, his HBO specials. But you do it in nice, calm style to say, Mr. Cosby, you're meeting a peer, not a young comedian. The young comedian is the worst thing you could say about anybody. Makes me that think just sounds those, like Monday night. Yeah, and those old specials. They used to have young comedian specials. Right. All right, your, uh, this last one is the new one for you? Um, mine are all new. Oh, they are? Because yeah, we had the 10-year rule oh. yesterday, so I had to do all new ones. Oh, good thing that you saved number four, that you were... Uh... Right, yeah. All right, I'm very impressed. Why did I think that you had done some of the... Oh, I only really probably looked at the one. So, I don't know if I'm locked into those. Are those concrete for tomorrow? Tomorrow is I, the Siren Series I, character I, I, challenge. I feel like these are concrete, yes. Okay. That was the deal from yesterday. Because I don't want a bunch of fly-by-night stuff bad on purpose. Oh. I want true characters. Yeah. <laughs> As day goes, oh. <laughs> Uh, did you mean like, oh no, or no, oh no, I really want to be bad on purpose? No, I don't want to be bad on purpose. Um, <laughs> but, um, I didn't know we were allowed to do new, a lot of new ones. If you, uh, if you just know this, no, it's all, we're already locked in. If you already know this, one of you is longer than the other. And that was one of the criterias. So one is who's got more. Uh-oh. And the other is... You know, kind of an audience choice of who got over better. Uh, Tommy in Brooklyn, you're on my face. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah. I don't understand. This one was simple. Why didn't he just say maybe you recognize them as one of the co-stars from Lucky Louie? 
Well, you know, or something like that. People don't know how to do introductions for some reason, Tommy. You're from Brooklyn. Yeah, you are, Tommy, you're from Brooklyn. You understand respect. That's right. That's right. Um, and and I, and this is a fucking complete shoot here. We have to, you know, we. I don't want to just say this in a fucking bad way, but you shouldn't take Jimmy for granted because he's around here every day. He's an accomplished comedian who's done a lot of things. Seriously. If you go over the last 10, 12 years, I'll put his career about anybody. The guy works harder than anybody. Nice introduction. Takes seconds. Seconds. That's all. And it avoids all the awkwardness before and after. Well, it's good to know that you're backing me up on this one, Fez. Um... But, you know. Dengen. Yeah, well, it's, it's just my own personal thing. It caused tension. It, but it, not only would it meant, I think it might have even met more to Cosby, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I understand. Because here you saying. have somebody here who's kind of following a, in a path that you've been on for a lot of years. Not just somebody who just stepped on in a path. Young comedian. Jimmy's got like two decades. Two decades of work. He deserves respect. Uh, Grumple Zone, you're on a fuss. Hey, Ronnie, did you say that Earl missed uh, Cosby because he was too tired? Too early. Too early. Because oh. uh, I asked Earl and Franklin to come over and do a little state of emergency meeting after we do the Cosby stuff on the air because it was even uh, one of the things that was weird for me to do the interview is most of this stuff is black people talking to other black people. And I am, as you guys know, the white devil. I represent white America like nobody else. I hear that. Hmm. Well, I guess you could say George Bush, too. The second one, not even the first one. I'd put you over Bush. Hmm. In terms of white devilness. But devil nonetheless. I don't know why you... Am I the devil? I could have been introduced that way. Cosby, <laughs> this is uh, the white devil, the embodiment of the Aryan nation. Why is so loud? Why are we in a small room? Where's the chairs? These men don't stand like this is a gentleman's bar? Davey Mac, I know that you didn't want to show up on time either, but we had nothing, nothing set up. And again, the guy's been a major star for 45 years. I apologize. I, I had a very private appointment today. What was your private appointment? I can't say. Very private, very intense. Write it down for intense. me. Send it in. There's only one thing to do. Write it down and send it in. I, can I just speak it to you in your ear? Because mm. paper won't even cover this shit. We're going to find out what's going on in Davy Mac's life. Have someone run that in. Because Fez told me just the opposite. Buses don't run that early. I go, where's Dave? He says, buses don't run that early. That's what I was told the evening before. And uh, Well, no, we, yeah, if it was at 8 o'clock, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to come in. But Just send me the thing. Okay. Uh, the thing is, Fez, 
the guys, and this isn't a, a knock on you, they have zero respect on you. Because you told me something else that was supposed to be going on, and then the other guy told me just the opposite. So it's a clusterfuck. It's a, it's, I don't know whether what a cluster is, but it's a group mm -hmm. of chaotic fucks going on. <laughs> clusterfuck. This is not for the uh, air, though, because this is very uh, distressing. All right, so let me put it in a way that won't embarrass you. Now, keep in mind, we, you know, yeah, contacted um, them. Okay. Um, Dave does have VD, and it is something that he would like to keep private, and he feels like it's under control. I knew it. You just made that public, though. Now, this is a, a Dave, this is a fine example of why. That's why I don't need all the crazy lies. You know me. What's my What's my nickname? Ronnie B? No. Family <laughs> first. And then it was Ron, my devil. Ron, that's the old nickname. That's only something I bring up to black people. And it's not so much it's the truth. I just think it sounds cool. Uh, I'm Ron Family First Bennington. Okay. So you never have to worry about that. So the lie you told me, much better than the lie you told uh, Fezzi. Well, neither were lies. Fez is correct about the bus, but then I found out I also had this. This uh, I found out about this last night that they were coming this morning. Mm. Uh, David, you're on running Fez. Hey, Mr. Bennington, I have a couple uh, web tips for you. Mm -hmm. uh, the website People of Walmart, fucking hilarious. And then a artsy representation from Danny DeVito of your YouTube, Danny DeVito's Troll Toes. It's actually kind of weird, but Kind of artsy, a whole new perspective from Danny DeVito. Well, I've I've actually seen that. I don't exactly get it. He just puts up his toes in front. It's like I want to do with Dave, where just have a famous people with a weird wet, a weird redheaded guy in the picture with them. This is yep. just he tries to put his toes in front of monuments or famous buildings. I, cool. Here's the thing that you don't understand. I get it. Uh, you don't say you look puzzled, Fez. Right? Yeah. Why would Danny DeVito want to show off his toes? And the reason why you're puzzled is you are not familiar with the old, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" humor. Right. No clue there. It's in your face. That's what you don't understand. You know, like how your comedy is away from people's faces. Uh huh. This comedy is in your face. All right. Well, I never show my toes to people. Why not? Because they're hideous. Fez comedy is in people's asses. What, are you be really in yours tomorrow? All right, come on. Hey, both of you, your best friends. You're right. Um, <laughs> idiot. We we've seen your ass before, though. Mm-hmm. Stinky. Uh, Eddie, St. Louis, Sean Ronnie Fez. Uh, hey, Ronnie, uh, I'm really happy that you got to do the Cosby thing. My question mm, was, not that the, the really iconic guys like, you know, uh, Pryor and uh, Carlin and Cosby, well, I mean, you know, they're both gone, and Cosby's obviously in decline. Who, for your money, is the, the number one stand-up comic working today? Who do you think is the best in the young generation? In terms of just, you know, not only just being funny but massive, it's tough to put anybody above Chris Rock. But you don't think he's a little too commercial? I mean, guys I, like him and Dane Cook, I like him. I like Chris back when he had the edge when he was younger. But he just seems like he's, uh, I don't know, like a, a kind of an edgy black Seinfeld now. He's not really that original anymore. Uh, 
if he's if he's lifting from anyone, it's himself, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's really massively. And you know, it's always funny when when people get into this ain't funny thing because there's just unlike um, there's just so many really brilliant guys out there. Why? Who's it for you, Eddie? You know, honestly, I don't know. I mean, most of what I see is filtered through the prism of, you know, I mean, it's great having the, the satellite radio, but it's mostly like the HBO and the Showtime specials. And, of course, you'll see a guy. I think Louis C.K. is probably... Louis C.K. is phenomenal. The, the most explosively funny guy. The problem is, though, is that, like, you think, well, I'm in a big market, but we really don't get that great live stand-up comedy. I mean, the most famous person who's done stand-up here probably in the last couple of months was Kathleen Madigan, and just because she's a hometown girl. Yeah, I mean, it's there. It's just never as... Promoted, but I will agree with you that it's a completely different um, animal. Uh, who is it for you, Fez? Is it still that Nick guy? Who oh, Nick Swartzen. Remember when you're uncomfortable, <laughs> Nick? Remember that, uh, uh, Dave? Was that you that got Nick Swartzen to call the show for? I thought I think actually Earl was behind that. So Fez had said on the show that Nick Swartzen was his favorite comedian, mm -hmm. and then the guys got him to call. And it was really awkward. And then later you admitted to me he was just your your niece's favorite comedian. And you just wanted to have a name to throw in. Yeah, so I had just thrown it out there. So I really didn't have anything to say to Nick Swartzen anyway when he was on the phone. Well, why didn't why did you make up a name? It was one of those things where I couldn't think at the moment, and I just, I came up with the first name that ran into my head, even though it wasn't mine, it was my niece's. Mm -hmm. It was one of those locking up moments. Hmm. That was nutty. I wish you would have said it was Bill Cosby and then not know who he was. Why is this man here? You're loud. There's no water. There's not enough chairs. It also just thinks that stuff falls down from the ceiling into your water. People in their sealed fucking beverages anymore. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't want... The, the, you can see the stuff floating in the lights in this studio, because this studio does not get cleaned well enough. Fez, so you are protecting yourself by having your cap on. Uh-huh, yeah. I keep my cap on or lit on my water. And that keeps the floating stuff out of your water. Right. Your mouth is open. Your nose is open. Your eyes are open. Any of this visible floating stuff is going into you already. It's not sneaking in through your water. Um, Why give it another opportunity? All right, you're on Run Fez. Hey, my man. Why couldn't they introduce Jim Norton as a past participant interviewee of Unmasked? I don't understand. People don't like to do a fucking decent uh, introduction nowadays. Like it's a problem to give the guy a little credit? Make make the make the into the guy introducing him look better I, or something. I'm at the point right now. If Jimmy never talks to me the rest of my life, I wouldn't blame him. But not giving him a proper introduction, because when I meet people, Fez, uh -huh. I'd like to get a proper introduction. I would like to. It would be up to me. I'd like to be announced like when a knight walks into the room. I want my heritage brought up, uh, my accomplishments, and then somebody plays a big horn. I don't think that's asking too much. And then Knight of the Realm, Sir Ron Bennington. Whatever it happens to be. They don't have to call me Sir because I never own that. But the other things in my life I have earned. Um, let's go over here, a good friend of Blowhard. Blowhard. Hey, man. Yeah. 
And uh, the one thing about Cosby, after he had the success with I Spy, he moved on and did a really um, hilarious sitcom, and it goes unnoticed. Nobody really remembers the original Bill Cosby show when he played the gym teacher. He was like a coach or something, right? He was a, yeah, he was a college, he was a high school uh, gym teacher, and he spent a lot of time in a black barbershop hanging out. And it was some of the best comics and best dialogue. And what year are we talking about there? Uh, I would say probably the late sixties. And then what did he do during the seventies? Just the kids shows? Yeah, well, the Fat Albert thing took off for him. Um, that was a really popular cartoon. And then he started later on doing that um, thing with the kids. And uh, the other thing about Cosby was he recorded albums that, you know, that went gold. I mean, you would go to your, it's like Cheech and Chong. You would go to your friend's house and would, you would listen to comedy albums over and over again. He said 30-some comedy albums. Oh, and it was just like 33 hours of material. Talk about longevity in a career. This guy, you know, but that original Cosby show, it had a real funky theme song. Um, just really hilarious, and I'm shocked that you don't see it being sold anywhere. Um, just classic. Well, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't a hit, right? It didn't run long? Uh, maybe a couple of years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and just him hanging out in the barbershop, shooting a breeze, and uh, his little flirtation with the school principal, this cute little blonde. I think it was that Joyce Bouillaflant, whatever her name was. Remember her? She was on all the game shows. Um, I think she was the teacher. I mean, he, uh, the, the principal. You know, I I brought this up to Fez because you know Cosby had the kids shows that were huge, and then the sitcoms that were huge, but um, and and then commercials like Jello pudding and mm -hmm. Kodak were some of the biggest commercials that ever happened. But I don't know if he's ever had a giant movie career. No, I, I think that's where he fell short. Um, Especially when you mentioned uh, Leonard Part Six, which was considered one of the worst films ever made. I know. Made. Uh, Dave was just trying to but do what he, he does do, to Fez. did he do a black film, like one of those exploitation films? Like, wasn't he in... Like, it was like Uptown, Uptown Saturday, Saturday Night or Night. something. Yeah. And then Mother Jugs and Speed, Mother I remember, Speed, with yeah. the great Rachel uh, Raquel Welch's breast. Oh, man. And I think Harvey Keitel, if I'm not insane. I believe so. Um, but he never really took off with the films, which is shocking, because I Spy was a quality show. You know, and... Uh, it's just classic television at its best, and when he was doing that sitcom, he was, like, probably at his peak uh, between the albums selling, you know, going gold, and uh, people just loved the cause, and he crossed generations. He's the kind of comic you could sit there, and, you, you know, he didn't have to work blue. He was just very clever, and your mom would laugh at him, uh, you would laugh at him. and But isn't it weird? I don't think he's ever done Saturday Night Live. No, I don't you think so. You would think over 25 years he would have hosted that once. He's done yeah, a that is, that is amazing. And then he did the thing with the kids, and that was really a popular show. Just interviewing kids because there's a certain... Oh, he did the Art Linkletter gimmick, right? The Art Linkletter, yeah, exactly. And he would just sit there, and he would just... You know, this guy can turn chicken salad and chicken shit into chicken salad. He'd take some little kid and just... It'll be hilarious, some of the stuff he would do. Just well, sitting there with a kid, you know, and just the innocence and the chemistry. You know, this guy was such a, such a talent, and... Uh, and I know politically lately he's been getting a lot of heat. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that a little later on. And then I'm going to probably have Earl and Franklin, thanks, Blowhard, to um, to bring it up a little more about black people. are now kind of mad about them for bringing up some of these issues about other black people. Paul in Colorado, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie. I, I used to love the old uh, Chet Kincaid, the gym teacher at Holmes High. 
And uh, I don't know if you guys have that uh, theme song that we're going to get some riots and some rolls and, and reason now this. <laughs> Thanks. 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. Um, wow. Uh, here is Lewis in Freeport. You're on Ron Fez. Hey, Ron. How are you? Yeah, good. I uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, Shel Silverstein came to my school in, like, second grade, and he was t- he was reading a book about being too legit to quit. Now, what year was that? Uh, had it probably be around 92, 93. So, th- w- so was it takeoff on the song? It was a little bit of a takeoff of the song. It's something to do with a crocodile singing it. You know, I got into this conversation last night about alligators and crocodiles in movies. That you ever notice this in a movie? Every time you see an alligator, it's going into the water. It's kind of like just diving into the water or coming up out of the water real fast. And if you're in Florida and you see an alligator, you normally are there for seven hours going, is that a log, some sticks, or is that an alligator? They never move. Most of the time you can step on an alligator and not bother them. But in the movies, they're incredibly fast. And they're on the constant move. That's all I had. I really didn't have much else except for to say this. Um, Alligators in movies are lies, ladies and gentlemen. Much like our own Fez Watley, an alligator has a secret. Well, those alligators, you know, they scurry like that. That's when you get the next shot is the death roll in the movies. Here's another thing that happened. I was supposed to have them for 20 minutes today, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody came in to tap on my shoulder. There was no producers in there today. And we ran over. We ran uh, much longer. And then Cosby started to say, after how does this whole thing work? And I had to say, somebody should be in charge and talking to you, sir. That's the odd thing. Somebody should be talking to you. Uh, we'll play that a little later on in the uh, show for you. And we will not be discussing anything that you've heard us talk about today. All the things that you would love to talk about, Bill, the Bill Cosby about, I promised I would not, and we would focus just on the new album. Steven Singer Jewelers, Steven Singer, he is going to get you the very best deal, and you're also going to get the very best customer service. That's what Steven Singer Jewelers are all about, to make sure that buying jewelry is an enjoyable experience, not a nightmare. It could be a nightmare from going into some sort of snobby store where the people look at you and act like you have no business even being in there. Well, um, let me point this out to you, Fez. Steven Singer, like Bill Cosby, Philly. Mm-hmm. Talked to Bill Cosby today, and I'm bringing this up. Steven Singer Jewelers in Philadelphia at the corner of 8th and Walnut. You can stop by the store or you can shop online at IHateStevenSinger.com. IHateStevenSinger.com. You're going to get free shipping, a great price, and a lifetime guarantee from Steven Singer Jewelers. And if you don't know what to pick out and you're worried about going to the store, you can even call 1-888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. They'll have a personal shopper on the line ready to assist you. You're taking care of by Steven Singer and ask him about the black diamonds. Wait, wait. Taking care of? No, not taking care of like... Uh, oh. 
Like when you said killed take, off, no. taken care of, I, I went back to a Pulp Fiction joke. No, no, no. Taken care of in a jewelry sense where you're going to get the best uh, jewelry for the holidays. So that's also they have the black diamonds. Go to the website and see those. They were the first to introduce them. Steven Singer, the guy you can trust when it comes to picking out the perfect gift. It's affordable prices for the holidays. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com or if you're in Philly, that's the corner of 8th and Walnut, Steven Singer Jewelers. All right, we're going to take a break. Back in just a couple of moments. Uh, it's the Ron Fez Show. You shaved your head for V for Vendetta. Um, did you also shave your V for Vagina? Um, pass. Charles, you're on Ron Fez. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, you know there was a uh, TV series that had an alligator chained up on a boat as a watchdog. Do you know what it was? Uh, that would have been Miami Vice. Yes, it was. What an interesting what his, story. Do you remember what his name was? Um, I, The alligator on Miami Vice? Yeah. Terrence? Jim? Don Johnson? Uh, fan uh, in Michigan, you're on Run Fez. Hey, buddies. Hey, uh, I got a Yuchi bun for you. Um, they got uh, two people in the state of Michigan that where I live in the Upper Peninsula are being charged with uh, uh, trying to extort the actor John Stamos for out of six hundred eighty thousand um, dollars, or, or they were going to release uh, pictures they had had of him from a party in Orlando, Florida. So he called the cops. Yeah, he had went. It says in the affidavit that he had went down to the the FBI down in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, they ended up arresting these uh, this guy and his girlfriend. Uh, I think it was uh, earlier last week. Uh, with they were trying to uh, uh, set up a meeting point to, to pick up the money, and the FBI arrested them. Uh, good for him. It's ridiculous. These extortion plots aren't working anymore. Well, well, the only ones that you know of, Fez, mm -hmm. don't work. <laughs> so we don't know how many work perfectly. <laughs> you will never know. For all we know, like, there might be a thousand people going, wow, that went fucking perfect. We got the money out of Bob Denver. <laughs> oh, poor Bob. <laughs> he don't have money. I just made up a name of that would be ridiculous. Well, if it was the skipper that was him. So, do we find out who the old lady was that was uh, being taken out of yeah. the house? Was it the mother-in-law? It's the mother-in-law, yeah. And what was her reasoning? Stomach pains. Just from all the stress. The shit. <laughs> all the constant stress. Yeah. Of not being able to deal with this. Now they're just trying to screw with Tiger, though. You don't have, you know, just a little stomach pains and you, you call 911. Now it's like, you know, come on. Yeah, but they probably all feel like they're hiding constantly from the media, which they are. And before we were we were told that the wife wasn't living at the house anymore, but then the mother-in-law wouldn't be living at the house if the wife wasn't there. Right. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> None of it makes any sense. Uh, and you wonder why we even... How does it stay in the news? <laughs> There's just nothing new? Not yet. No, something big will happen, then we'll all forget about Tiger. It stays in the news, too, with more women coming out. I think they're up to ten. But have you paid attention to any since the first? No. I've just stopped. I mean, even on a, a gossipy level, 
It's fucking dull. And I don't believe many of these other women, too. They don't... It seems like Tiger has a type of really hot chicks. And some of these other... Good type. ...broads are... They just don't cut the mustard. I don't feel... I feel like but, they're just trying to get in on the first story. First of all, in terms of having an affair, does it matter whether there's three or ten? And second of all, he's not a serial killer. You know, we're not finding bodies of women. Right. GM said they're going to auction off the damaged SUV because they own it and just let Tiger use it. So they're going to fix it up and then auction it off. I don't even know what, you, I don't even know what that's got to do with anything. <laughs> I say leave it damaged. More valuable. Let's see where that golf club went through the back window. Going to get more money for it having the damaged SUV. Do they still have the car Kennedy was killed in? That, that's got to be around, I right? have it. You own the car that mm -hmm. John F. Kennedy was assassinated in? And it's very weird. Just the other day, I was finally cleaning behind the seats. Right. Found a couple extra bullets. Okay. You probably should so, have told someone. And you... You know what? Now you're right. I probably should have. Now, we're ridiculous when it comes to this kind of shit. We're just dumb as fucking dirt. Uh, watch the big uh, game last night. By the way, I guess our fantasy league is now over. No, it's uh, into the playoffs now, which I am definitely not in. Is Dave in the playoffs? Dave is in the playoffs. <laughs> no. Who's on the playoffs? Bad start. It's the playoff brackets are you versus Fez and Scruffy versus Mooch. Wow. Well, who's first place on our on our team? I believe it's you. Well, then Fez is first on his side. Yes. So why would me and Fez play each other in the opening round? If we're the know. division winners. That's what it's, that's what it's saying on the uh, brackets. So that because I think I'm tied with Scruffy. Yes, yeah, right. And he might have more points than me. And a mooch I beat in the last game, so he must have backdoored his way into this. Yeah, he he it was between me and Mooch, I think, because he scored more points overall in the season. He got in that. Well, what was your final record, Fez? My final record was eight and five. Eight and five, and you won your division, mm -hmm. and I won my division with Scruffy at eight, four, and one. So we <laughs> didn't, there hasn't been anyone that's got anything to brag about. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty terrible. And Dave, what were you? I think I was four and nine. Four and nine? Was just a ridiculous amount of close, like an obscene amount of close games. Yeah. My first few games, I scored over a hundred, and I couldn't get the win. But I was, I would be the second highest total for the whole league. So you know, fuck it, fuck Tom Brady, that that asshole. He he screwed, he, he ruined my life. Well, that's why I went off on him yesterday. He's nothing but a new Terry Bradshaw. He's no Montana. Did you once even think consider taking him out? No. You just left the big constantly. <laughs> See, that's the kind of GM you are. Yeah, we weren't very good at it. No, if this was the NFL, we'd barely be in wild card contention. Well, basically, we're four wild card teams. <laughs> That's all we really are. Now, I'm watching the show last night, Fezzi, and not the buzz balls, but another time that your prediction didn't come through when you said Gruden was going to be hated, and he seems to be beloved. Because um, you keep reading stuff about this is the best Monday night team we've had in a long time. And I, I don't, I don't dislike him at all. Dave, where are you on the Gruden? I like Gruden a lot, um, and I like the, his chemistry with Jaws. I think they work well together. I, just saying, uh, Jaworski has chemistry 
with anything is fucking obscene to me. Well, he's very analytical, but I think it works when Gruden's more of the rah-rah type. Right, well, so Gruden this, winds him up. Well, well, this is the... Winds him up? Yeah, they try to out-scream each other. I'm not a fan of this group. I don't think they're screamers. If anything, they're a little bit too much on the positive side for me. But who do you like getting your sports information from? An ex-coach? An ex-jock? Or a sports journalist, David sports Mike. journalist, because really? they don't have. I love the Lupicas, the uh, Will Bonds. I love uh, them. I, I those are the people. I read their books when they put them out. Um, baseball tonight's a perfect example. While Cruck is good, I really love when Peter Gammons comes on the screen. He's like why I watch the show. Fezzi. Um, I'm going to go with journalists too. You, those that are the, surprises me. Those are the ones you get information from. That it's you know you'll get, but you never get that experience that you get from the ex jocks or the ex coaches. Like the journalists will never know what it feels like before the fucking ball is snapped. But I think, they never know what it's going to feel like yeah. to be exhausted in the fucking fourth quarter. But so many times, very few ex jocks can actually relay that experience. Well, eloquently. you brought up a, a, a perfect guy. I think Kruk is terrific. Kruk, I think Kruk talks about hitting better than just about anybody. I no, Kruk right is now. good. That Baseball Tonight team is phenomenal. Better but, than anything that do, that's on the football side? Oh, by, by far. Yeah. By far. The ESPN hasn't... I can't. I don't like the Chris Berm, uh, you know, the, the whole Keyshawn team. And none of you guys like the ex-coaches. Uh, no, I'm not no. a big fan of ex-coaches. They, they're always lacking something. Like, Bill Cowher was a brilliant fucking coach. He's very <laughs> dull to watch on CBS. Well, there are even a lot of journalists that are dull to watch. That a lot of guys that are good on the written word, but you put them on TV, and they're not broadcasters. Well, true. Some of those people just lack the personality, whereas I think Gruden is a really strong kind of personality. Yeah, I mean, but with, like, a Bob Costas... You know who uh, Gruden no reminds me of most of all? Who? Opie. <laughs> he just kind of looks, and even personality-wise, he reminds me of both. <laughs> he is. Uh, Hicks, where are you on this debate? I, I, don't, I, know, I don't watch games anymore because uh, I, it jinxes my shit. So you just turn it off all ba ba based on your sports fucking paranoia. Oh, yeah. It, it's I cannot watch or I will lose. Every time I've watched the game all fucking season as a weekend, I lost a fancy. And so. one thing is I, I think I, I might disagree with you, Mr. B, in that sports journalists, I think go inside even more than ex-jocks do because ex-jocks fear the ramifications of divulging info. But a sports journalist will tell you what exactly happened Sometimes, in the locker room. Sometimes, uh, this has come up before, and I just brought it up yesterday, six journalists sitting around with the Notre Dame coach. Story gets told, and only one out of the six report it. So it's not like right. that the journalists won't hold the story if they think it's going to hurt one of their uh, friends. Uh, Matt, Arizona, you're my fez. Hey, Ryan, I gotta say, watching Tony Dungy on the uh, Sunday report is just, uh, is god awful. I think he needs to go back to coaching real quick. Here's an interesting thing with Tony Dungy. Uh, he says that it is disgraceful with how few black college football coaches there are, there are right now. Uh, where are you on this, Fez? Well, it's like you can't, you have to hire the best people for the job. I mean, there are big names in coaching, so it's not always going to be a black guy. 
you don't have more jobs available than anywhere in, like you do in college. Right. And, and the pros have more black coaches with just their finite amount of teams as opposed to the tons of teams yeah. that exist in college and you don't see black coaches. What do you think, David? I, I think he's right. And the one thing is it, it, it'll help change the the reputation that a lot of people think college football is sort of like a, a good old boy organization that's, you know, where it's all these like southern colleges or Midwest colleges. And it's a, it's a very, you know, white, old white guy run system. And he's right. You, you need to put in some black dudes in there. But, I mean, Notre Dame had a black coach. Should they have kept him and his bad record just because he's black? Uh, actually, but you're going down looking. You're looking at case by case. Why aren't there more people prepared to be black coaches? Would have to imagine that it wouldn't be because the white coaches that you have now are not hiring them as defensive and offensive coordinators. Mm -hmm. It's a ridiculous thing to act like uh, that you can just go case by case and blame the one black coach for getting fired as if they represent, you know, no one white coach, no one ever thinks, uh, looks at Charlie Weiss and say, oh, it proves that white coaches don't fucking work out. Right. It's actually crazy to pull it off that way. Uh, Plum in Connecticut, you're in my face. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? How are you? Yeah. Listen, I just want to tell you guys, uh, especially Davey Mack, too, like, if you want the football and baseball information, man, go right to the source, NFL.com, NHL.com. That stuff is the best place to check get those it, out, but there's, there, there, there's a lot of stats on and those there's things. A, there's a lot of reason not to go right to the source. Yeah. Because NFL.com is not ever going to say anything anti right. an owner or anti the league. It's a propaganda and, thing. Anti the officials. That's, not, that's like saying, well, if you ever want the proof about Dave McDonald and how he acts... Just as Dave, because he would tell you his life was running all. Uh, I'm wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I'm great. But if you wanted to get a a, a true story, uh, you need uh, yeah. other perspectives. Uh, here's Derek. You're my face. Hey guys, I have a moral conundrum. All right, I'm going to play this then. Oh no, it's a moral conundrum. Conundrum. Well, see, guys, my uh, my girlfriend's away at college, and I'm I'm in college in the city. I go to Kingsborough, and there's this other girl who wants to, you know, she wants to uh, procreate. I guess you could say she wants to have sex, and I don't know what to do. Well, I'm not really a cheater, but she's away at college, and I don't know what to do. Well, first of all, young man, you don't want to procreate. <laughs> the last thing you no, want to do is get I wanna, somebody. I want to get laid. I want to get laid. I'm trying to say it nicely with you. I want to get laid, and she's away at college. And she won't be back until June, and I can't wait that long, man. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. Right now, you sound like you have a vagina. Thank you, guys. I'm cold. I'm outside waiting for my next class. So. You're so cold that your balls disappeared? <laughs> no, my balls are still there. My, my hand's on my balls right now. This guy sounds like a situation all of a sudden. <laughs> Honey, here's what yeah, you hi. need to do. Here's what you need to do, sweetie. Go find a nice young man for yourself. Guys, I need to know what to it's do. It's just a bragging phone call. Bragging mm. ain't fucking shit. No one sounds that way in college. Bob in West Virginia, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie, I've got a moral conundrum. Conundrum. Yeah, I'm, I'm a white guy, and I've always wanted to be a black football coach. Where do I go to school to do that? 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Ross in New Mexico. How 
are you guys? I hope you're doing great today. Hey, look, uh, University of New Mexico has a black football coach, um, you know, and he had every opportunity in the world to uh, maybe stand out and do some good things. But what's he do? He goes and punches his black assistant coach right in the mouth. Maybe it's because how those people settle things. Well, this is exactly what Fez tried to do earlier. Take an individual and then base a race on him. <laughs> uh, we got Franklin here. Is Earl shown yet? He's going down the hall now. Yeah, he's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable how late it took Earl to get here. Uh, he's got a nap. Let me grab Franklin first. Earl actually naps after he wakes up in the morning. Franklin understands this. This is a state of emergency. State of emergency. Uh, Franklin, you ran here at 8 o'clock this morning. I was here at 8 o'clock this morning. Earl Douglas couldn't get up for it, though. Yeah, I was up and I was asking. I had asked. I was like, am I in the system? I call and no one was getting back to me. Who did you try to ask? I called uh, Chris, uh, Chris Stanley. Hmm. And he never got Bullshit. back to me. I didn't know what was going on. How come Franklin knew? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But I was asking. I was like, is this thing on? Is this thing going? Why wouldn't you just show up? What else are you doing with your life you couldn't come in to me, Cosby? What? You know what you are? You're one of the things that, that Cosby uses in, a, in, a, in, a, in his book, and that's a don't be. <laughs> there's doobies and there's don't be's. And yours is don't be an earl. Don't be an Earl. Is there anyone else you could be Earl besides yourself? I like I like being me. I'm very. It took me a long time to be comfortable with me, and I'm very comfortable being me. Why are you getting comfortable with failure? I don't. I don't I, Franklin. Yes. You didn't know whether or not the Cosby thing was going to go down either today. I actually wasn't sure exactly how that was going to work. No. And you beat me here this morning. Yes, I did. Because I had to set up the cameras. There's a lot of stuff to do. And also, you just wanted to have that opportunity, a once-in-a-lifetime thing to meet Oh, hell yeah. It's America's dad. And there's America's bad boy, Earl Douglas. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> Don't be. Earl, you know what? <laughs> Earl, this is a state of emergency. I, if you were going to come in, I was going to use you as a state of emergency. How's the book come along, Earl? Uh, actually, very, very well. It's not as it was starting to get into a very angry tone, and I took the anger out of it. it was, has anybody read this book yet? Anybody proofread it? Um, my agent has a like a like a forty-page proposal, like Who's proposal outline. I thought you already sold it. Um, we had to retool it because I mean, just to make it more, I don't know, for lack of a better term, but more appealable. Who's Earl's agent? Danny Rose? I don't believe, Broadway Danny Rose. I don't believe he has a fucking agent. He's great. He's the, the, the Black Rock Coalition. They're jugglers. They're great. He's a one-armed juggler. This is fantastic. You remember when we were kids growing up together. You always wanted to write about Black Rock. I was going to be a director. He's very good. He's very talented. Earl, does my name come up in this at all? No, you will be you will be thanked profusely though. You and Fitz. Thanked? Well, I will. Will be dedicated to me. Will I be thanked in the beginning? Yes, absolutely. Isn't that the greatest thing that can happen to you? Is be thanked in the uh, at the start of a book. Mr. B, uh, I have a problem with Earl and his, uh, and I think you saw the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame live show, and Earl being so hard on it. 
Upon I was surprised by that too. Upon further review, that is that that was a ridiculous critique by Earl Douglas. <laughs> you were you were very hard. You I was angry. I was very. I still am. I'm still very angry. Why? It was great. Uh, it just. It, I don't know. It it could have been a lot better. It oh. could have been. They could have had. And in their defense, I don't know who they asked, and they said no, we can't do it. But how do you do a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show without? You know, without Chuck Berry, without Little Richard, without... I, I guarantee you they Maybe they couldn't Berry. get him. No, I'm, I'm just, I said, but to be completely fair, they maybe had, they said, you know what, we just can't do it. There's a scheduling conflict. They had Jerry Lee Lewis. They paid homage to those people. They paid homage to Rep. To B.B. Uh, King was there. I mean, they can't. You can't put every single person. First of all, in the music. fact that Buddy Guy was there was unbelievable. Oh, from I mean, a black he, was, rock. He, was, he doesn't get he was thanked by anybody. And all the people that Bruce played with, he played with fucking Sam Moore for Christ's sakes. It's, that it's, was amazing. But even still, it was just it just for whatever reason it just laid there for me, and it was just sort of like, oh. and, and the Fergie thing just completely <laughs> set me off to no end. I'm not even a Black Eyed Peas fan. She was good. She was awful. And I was just like, you couldn't find anybody but Fergie. You were awful, dude. She, she was actually fantastic. She was good. She, she was. She's and Bono he, kissed her on the belly. <laughs> You've gotten very jaded. I jaded. It was just sort of like, you know, like, and again, uh, it was edited and everything, but I was like, I would have loved to see, like, just give Patti Smith a set. You know what I mean? Just don't throw out, do the one hit that everybody knows. They had to redo that three times for her, they said. <laughs> three times, because she didn't do it right. And the night that we were with her, she didn't know the the lyrics to that. I had to help her throw. <laughs> That's true. You I did at the screen. It was yeah, just yeah. this moment. I'm like, you can't help me now. And then she's then I get her going and she's locked into me and then she goes, Okay, everybody. But it, it was just I don't know, it just could have been could have been slightly hipper. It could have been slightly I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I, I hated the idea of being in rock and roll being presented as a museum piece, and I just. I mean, it's still a living, breathing thing to me. It was a bunch of real live people playing rock and roll. How is that a museum piece? No, but it was done. The in, artists it, were but, performing their 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 shit. But it was the whole presentation was done in like this real past tense, and it's like it's still moving forward, and it's. And they could well, no, worked their way the to keep it moving forward. The point of it was that everyone who was in there was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So you couldn't have had like not, Arcade not, Fire well, not or young bands in there. You know, like Darlene Love wasn't in there. She's not in yet. She's nominated. She's nominated she, this year. She's nominated. So she's, she's nominated and Bruce called for it. And, yeah. and guess what? When Bruce asked for it, what are they going to do? Say no? <laughs> but that was his idea. And she's going to get in. But definitely. Well, she's got Bruce helping her and me. Hey, but everyone else, you two, Metallica, they're all in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, but, you know, but even... Hey, Earl, how come the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in New York uh, failed? It failed already. Yeah, they're pulling it. Wow. It, it was, what, less than six months? No, they said a couple years. I didn't know it was that. I thought it was only a couple, the, when opening the annex in a couple, uh, here in New York. But, wow, I'm, I'm actually surprised that... It already shut down here in New York. Yeah, they just announced it the other day. And the one in Cleveland is still, you know, plugging. I'm I surprised the one in Cleveland is still there. Hey, what about this? Rolling Stone is putting out restaurant bars now. Mm. They're going to be Rolling Stone. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be. Want <laughs> to get like the Jan Winter milkshake or something? I have no idea. <laughs> they should call it Rolling Stone's Rock and Roll Circus. That'd be awesome. They get sued for that. <laughs> the menus will be magazines. I always forget about suing. Brilliant, Fezzi. You know that much. Brilliant. <laughs>
Uh, nothing ever works. You know, if you want a good restaurant or bar, you really need good food. It doesn't matter what your stupid theme is. And yeah, I am talking to you. Planet Hollywood. <laughs> WWE thing closed down. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even though they had good Charlie Brown there. Very good, in fact. What's a Charlie Brown? A uh, very dark brownie with uh, chocolate ice cream and uh, chocolate syrup on top of it. Mm, I never heard it called a Charlie Brown. I've heard there's things called uh, Brown something. I can't remember. Well, I we we call it Charlie Brown in Jersey. Who's we? Me and my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you heard that when Dave got cut from his basketball team, he ran upstairs crying. His mom <laughs> told the story it. wrong. No, she got it right. You no, cried. That part was right. You but it was, I was in fifth grade, not sixth. A big, there's a big difference there. Oh, yeah. I know the one-year difference. There's a big difference between 11 and 12. We always heard about your great uh, sports career in well, school. Well, also, Michael Jordan was cut from his team, so he's no different. You. Of course, he didn't cry like a fucking baby. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he cried. I, no, he, he didn't. He, he, went out to, he started doing free, more free throws. He started working oh, out. Oh, his name's face. Wait a second. Hold on. You're talking to the guy who whipped your ass 12 to 2. Last uh, but I'm not a, December, if you remember. <laughs> I'm not a basketball player, and you fouled me. And oh, and it's on YouTube. Even... I didn't touch you for Christ's sakes. Yeah, you didn't touch me. He, he, Earl has these ridiculous hook shots I've never seen. Another and you couldn't person. stop it, Dave. He scored twice. I beat you twelve to two. You stayed on the outside and you just shot all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because that's a bad thing. Like Larry Bird, yeah, you didn't, or, no, yeah. <laughs> shooting threes. Earl. Earl. There's video on this. You were laying down. I annihilated you. It's, on, it's documented. It's there, on YouTube. There's no difference that if, if he would have shot from the outside or just went to the basket, you couldn't breathe and you were laying down. Oh, he, I got hit in the rib. And I couldn't what? Breathe. what? The rib. The ribs. Ribs. Plural. That's the rib we That's gave them. That's not true, dude. You got killed. <laughs> Who took the video? Was that you, Franklin? I'm sitting here I saw the story. Do we go have it on YouTube? Brooklyn.com. Go where? Go to Cypher Productions or LastNightInBrooklyn.com. The corporate uh, work page. I, 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 I never I saw you hit more than two shots that whole time. I, I, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying he beat. He he beat me and I paid him. I was I was. I, how much you paid? No, you did pay him. I think it was like fifteen hundred. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was like a thousand. But no, but I next day you had money in hand. That is true. You've Thank always you. paid off. I appreciate that. Defense. I want to play you right. more sports. I want to whip your ass in everything. We should have an Olympics sometime. Just find the damn thing. Okay. Oh, I forgot. Lily was in charge. Lily and Pookie here from Ron and Fez. We're here at Chelsea Piers where Eastside Dave and Earl Douglas are going to... Man, you were thinner than Dave. This is a bad haircut. That's why I had the clown. The challenge was thrown out there weeks ago. Earl said he could demolish Dave in a game of one-on-one. -on -one. We finally got it set up. We're here. At this Chelsea looks like Piers. a high school uh, <laughs> broadcasting team. Wait till Pitsy starts cheering. It's kids beat. Personally, I think they both. Try to do the Bucks cast on him. How long is this thing? We can't go for it's full like, ten. It's like sixteen minutes. No, we can't do that. No. Fra uh, Franklin never understands editing. Every hey, movie is, to him is Che. This was the second <laughs> video. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was the epic human drama of the of the two of them, and the money. Watch this! Watch this outside shot. Oh, Franklin, the camera moved. But. 
That's beautiful right there. It was a set shot. If Earl would have moved up, he'd have blocked your ass. <laughs> you never got off your... <laughs> but the point is, Earl... Earl's already sweating, and he hasn't moved yet. <laughs> Earl's sweating from taking off his fucking jacket. But see, Earl was afraid that I would go around him. Look at this. Were you, shot, were you surprised you had the outside shot, Earl? See, look at that. Oh, that's terrible, though, Dave. <laughs> look at it. Yeah, you can shoot. There's no doubt. You, you can shoot. I don't need a dribble. I just you, you just John Paxton my ass. Just put me on the arc. This is the worst game I ever watched. That was Until four the fucking end. shots in a row. Dude, first of all, th there's no reason for this to last this long. We should have looked at boom, 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 boom. It's over. You are so in love with Lily. It's, oh, it's disgusting. It's so not true. Look at the cutaway. No, I know. You haven't actually seen me shoot yet. You've seen the ball go in the hoop. There you go. Look at that. Perfect. That's color commentary. Oh, you missed it. There's yeah. Earl grabbing a rebound. No fucking look at already. <laughs> You're walking. And I'm only walking on D because he refuses to move. And then you shoot from the outside. Why don't you take him inside, Earl? He was trying to do a Davy Mac, but he doesn't have the outside J. It, it's a look at that. Beautiful. Oh, no, he <laughs> missed it. <laughs> I watch Earl. Earl, what kind of shot is that? Earl, you may need to leave your feet at some point. <laughs> How much did you lose? Oh, his head's already hanging. No, because I he hit me right here in the side, and I had oh, I could have no air and nothing. You had no air. We're watching the video. I know. Have you seen me touch him yet? Hey, but you, wait, wait, we're so twelve cold? minutes in. That was well after that, Dave. <laughs> oh God, this is shot so poorly. Why do we care what Pitsy and Lily have to say? Because this the show... game was so bad. I needed something. Oh, no, you know why? Because this Earl Wait a minute, was that Big A there? No, it's Dean. Wow, Dean was a lot bigger then, huh? Yeah. Yo, Built yeah. That. You lost a lot of weight, wow. He did. Um, that was actually a nice rebound. Oh, yeah, that Earl. was nice. That was his highlight, a oh, rebound. That was it? Yeah, I slowed why, it down. Why, uh, what are you... What are you no, I just went sick just watching it. It was just like, oh, yeah, you that was be so... But you got off the ground there. You were in Watley's face with that last <laughs> one. All right, this is where I end the game. Goodbye. And that's like a, a good fucking 22 feet right there. <laughs> One more point that I even needed. Will do. Give me my money. <laughs> Give me my check money. It's over. It is a rape. I mean, I was, and I was gracious. I was a gracious loser, loser and I paid him. You're always gracious after You're too I beat gracious. you. After I whip you in softball, I'm, basketball, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, fast I try to be a good winner and I try to be a good loser. <clears throat> you got to be a better winner. Uh, we're going to break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll play the Cosby interview with uh, State of Emergency, the rap album that he's put together. I see you laughing already, Franklin. I'm not laughing. Now, you got to know, in the community, and we'll just set this up, uh, people are somewhat upset with Cosby bringing some of this stuff out in the open. Mm -hmm. Yes. About uh, saying stuff that, if you want to be be honest about this, it's almost like what white racists say about black people. Mm -hmm. What a white racist will say, they don't, the fathers don't stay with their kids, mm -hmm. they shoot each other, they don't speak uh, English properly, they don't care about school, their music is about abusing women. If a white person said any of this stuff, people would be furious. Right. True or false? Yes. Definitely. Yes, in, in, a, in a context, yes, absolutely. There'll be surprise of racism. And, and one of the things, I'm going to speak for the other part of the black community because I can, <laughs> being born in Chester, Pennsylvania, but uh, they are saying that, that Cosby's coming off like an elitist 
bringing this stuff up that he doesn't understand what's going on in the hood. Well, the problem, why can't we, why can't people uh, uh, expect people to raise up to a better standard? Well, when white people say that, you get furious. Well, honestly. When when Bush told you that, when Reagan told you that, you acted like, no, we can't. And right now, uh, Cosby's saying a lot of the same things that those folks said. I completely agree with Bill Cosby because it depends on where the intention comes from. If someone's intention. Let's wait and play the interview first. Yeah. And then we'll come back to it. Uh. And you're a big fan of the N-word. You say it can be used about some I people. can, I'll say it. Yeah, it's no problem with me. Particularly people that, as it you means say, it do It has nonsense. no power, basically. Yeah, nigga nonsense I definitely give power to. Yeah. And Earl, do you say that as well? Never. I, I, it's just a word I would just want. If it went away, I would not. Are you <laughs> guys surprised to see this, uh, this album coming out with Cosby behind it, particularly when Russell Simmons... This is, uh, you know, more or less Cosby needs to stay out of this stuff and leave it to the to the younger kids, the poets today. I should I should be surprised, but I'm not. Mm. I'm not. I feel like it's, it's about time that somebody actually gets behind somebody else who's going to be a little more positive. And you're saying you're on the side of the white racist to say this, not only uh, <clears throat> no, Dr. Cosby, I'm, but any white racist. I'm on the side of truth. Oh, you feel the same way? Um, I feel that he should be addressing the issues, but I think there's other variables at work that he doesn't, and that's kind of where for your me, the beef pro- is where the problems are. Yes, yeah, it's not all Earl, cut and dry. Earl, you you claim yourself to be a poet of the streets, true? <laughs> I don't know a poet of the streets. I, I try to document the streets, but not a poet of the streets. Yeah. Earl, of course, uh, worked at the only white radio station any of his friends have <laughs> ever been around in their life. Never cared for black music. Never I cared for black hip-hop. music. Funk, I adored soul. funk. And so I grew up with all that stuff. It was like part of like the wallpaper in my house. Right, I want both of you to take a secret ballot okay. and tell me which one of you do you think do you consider to be more true black, yourself or Earl or Franklin or Franklin, you or Earl? Write it down in a secret mm-hmm. document. And Fez, I want you to write down to Davy Mack and Hicks. Who's blacker? Yeah. Okay. Which one do you consider to be more authentic, authentic to the black people? Now, you keep it with yourself, Earl. Oh, okay. Um, and we'll have no idea here mm-hmm. how this is going to da- go down. Fez Watley, you first. Who is blacker? I say Franklin. Wow. Is blacker. Basis? Franklin seems to be more in touch with his ethnic side there. Wow. Thank you, Fez. Uh, Hicks? Franklin gets my vote. Uh, what reason? Uh, because Earl's just so white that even Franklin's small amount of blackness makes him blacker. <laughs> uh, this is shocking so far. Davy Mack? Earl the Pearl Douglas. And what reason do you give Earl the Pearl? I do think Earl is a lot blacker because he doesn't claim to also be from Cuba and also be Irish and also be Indian and all this shit. Earl says one thing. I'm black, baby. And I, I agree with it and I respect it. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Earl? Franklin hides behind too many flags. <laughs> Who do you consider to be black? Me. Yeah. <laughs> of course I do. I'm like, I'm, I'm in tune with the history. I'm in tune with the culture. I'm in tune. With, I agree. With, I, and how come Franklin is it? Um, well, again, because he is from different, he has different backgrounds. He's watered down. He's watered. You know, know, he's from Cuba, you know, he has a Cuban background. Earl looks like he's from Africa to me. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Franklin? (laughs) You're welcome. I I pick also myself. Uh, 
because I think whatever percentage of African American I have in me, I might embrace it more than Earl does. Interesting nonsense, right? And another thing, why would you let someone uh, divide and conquer like this? Write that down. How would you let me get away with such a cheap stunt to make oh, you two battle to see who could prove themselves more? Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. State of emergency. And when we have that, the spokesman for Black America, Ron Bennington, will be interviewing my two black best friends, Earl and Franklin, to see whether they agree. It's a state of emergency for black people. Who would have thought we could even discuss this after getting a black president? <laughs> you would have thought that would have been enough. It's emergency not. Emergency over. Ron Fez show. Everyone loves Ron and Fez. By the power vested in me. You guys are our official satellite radio show in the Duct Tape Festival this yeah. year. Thank you for having me on. Thank yes. you, my friend. From California. As president of the festival, I now pronounce Ron and Fez the official satellite radio show of the Gilroy Garlic Festival. To Canada. I'd like to now, uh, on behalf of uh, the Salmon Fest uh, Festival Committee, uh, pronounce uh, the Ron and Fez show the official satellite radio show of the 2009 Camelton Salmon Festival. Yes! Ron Fez, the official satellite radio show Now it's Jace the Great, Brother Haas, Supernova, Spaceman Patterson, and of course Bill Cosby. Welcome, fellas. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Oh, uh, it's got to be an exciting time for you guys right off the bat, right? Uh, bringing this uh, CD out. Extraordinary. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Extraordinary. Hey, have you guys ever felt the same way I'm feeling right now? Like you're in a dream? No. This is like being in the middle of a dream when Cosby is just screwing around with but, you a little bit. Well,. They get that quite a bit from <laughs> yeah. from me because uh, I'm the the illiterate person mm -hmm. in the group. Mm. Illiterate in terms of I can't read, I can't write, and I can't perform, but I have thoughts about it. They read, they write, they perform, and they and they also play. Mm. So when I think of something. I tell them the best way an illiterate person would, and they have to uh, get a picture and then say if that's the, tell it to me, and I'll say if that's the picture that I was trying to tell them about, it certainly is. And what they've done from all of the things that I've suggested, for instance, I, I, I went to them, uh, say your names, the two fellows I went to, I went to 
Jace the Great and, and, Hoss, and Brother Haas. And I said to them, uh, look, I, I want a picture of, of a person living in an area and 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 that that person uh, happens to be doing things and they're confused with uh, uh, behavior whether it's good or bad but they're they're just doing things but they know that there's something wrong because the, the the person the person's not going anywhere but there's a constant movement etc etc and so we said that running he's the, he's just running, running on a treadmill, going yeah. nowhere fast. And and these guys right. picked up the pencil right. and the pen, and they came up with running, running. And it's it's wonderful. So spaceman Patterson, the cosmic entity, <laughs> he <laughs> he 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 then puts the 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 beat. And, and and the music and we did very little sampling of uh, other stuff. No, spaceman, did you already know all the fellas first before? Did no, actually, we 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 all met on this project, mm -hmm. and um, now I've, I heard about him about Supernova Slam, and and these guys. It turns out that you know the 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 world, the music world is very small, and we have a lot of mutual people that know each other. Like he grew up. Um, Jason Gray grew up with a, with another friend that I that I knew, right. and Brother Haas worked with another partner I worked with. So you know, it's a it's a very small community. Yeah, I can understand that part of it, but to get these guys together with the funniest man on the planet, and then somehow a rap album comes out of it. I mean, it's it's a strange concept. No, 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 no. no, no it's it's no, not no. strange. It's, yeah. it's it's you have to take the. Um, the comic aspect out of it. it it became to a point where bill cosby wanted to really address real life issues things that was going on in the community that really needed to be addressed so you know besides what he does as as a profession as a comedian he also has a concern about what's going on with the serious the serious issues in this world so that was the whole aspect of it so you know it's a different side of dr cosby for this project you ever you know sometimes things can be sometimes you can laugh but it ain't funny, you know. Right. <laughs> so, it's, and, and and that's what happened when we touch a lot of the issues. People may laugh, but it ain't really funny, you know. what I mean, when like we we just was talking, you know, you got somebody who, you know, wants wants to go get a cigar or blunt, whatever you want to call it, and they steal a car because they ain't got the money and rob somebody or kill them. And like a topic like that, if somebody you don't got no money, but they want to get a dollar or three dollars for a, a blunt in the subway a, a sandwich. And they wind up stealing a car, hitting somebody, or going to do a robbery, and wind up doing three years for three dollars. You laugh, but that ain't funny. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, sure, sure. we're also this is Supernova Slam talking. Um, I, I, that I want the audience to realize is that Brother Haas, Jace, and myself have been also doing community work for many years. Besides being independent artists doing our work and having music that reflects. I mean, all the messages that Dr. Cosby and Spaceman are passionate about, we've been doing the work. So it was really a, um, a, a cohesive fit we, you know, when we all came together because we all were doing community work. When Dr. Cosby, besides him doing entertainment, he would do community stuff. So it was a really great synergy when we all came together and started building together. And that, that, and yeah. it so much came up out of that work. Not only that, but um, the, the historian here, um, Mr. Patterson, knows... Um, the beginning of rap and hip-hop 
didn't have the profanity. Right, didn't have the profanity. Uh, and they talked about the social issues and had some great poetry, Right, I feel. Right. But the, the gentleman couldn't get their rap played on the air because they didn't have the for what they would call an edge it was too positive right. it, it didn't have the profanity it wasn't going on the lines that the others it wasn't calling women out of their names <laughs> right. so they had a a, a problem um, selling and continuing to be uh, in the in the business, being being seen and heard, and giving the public uh, another voice, they were shut out by radio stations, uh, promoters, et cetera, et cetera. I just felt I've got to go into another field uh, uh, to to get the word out about the feelings and the inner feelings of a person who is sad, frustrated, and then angry and and untaught and that behavior is something that that is not taught uh, I mean correct behavior that will advance that person and help them get out of the troubled area they're they're in. And the fact is though this is such a gigantic amount of problems. I mean, if you go over the things that you're talking about on the CD, even addressing them, taking them all on, it seems like it's at least a lifetime's worth, worth well, of worth. I agree. Actually, I agree. And, and I don't think this is, I don't think this, well, I know this is not the end. You mm -hmm. know, it's, and it's, you know, it ain't start here, but the move is it, a movement. And this is going to take time for people to, you know, change or to think about things and talk. That's why we're encouraging people to have the listening parties. Mm -hmm. We can start with that. Let's start with the listening parties. Right. And just on that note, they could go to um, www.act.billcosbyhost.com and I'm log on to have um, listening parties. What's that? Uh, the 12th and the 13th of December and start to engage. I mean, because we got another record called Time and the Time is Now. So let's do that now. Let's get these parties and let's engage in this dialogue to talk about these issues and start somewhere. Like the Boys and Girls Club in, in, in this country. They've joined. They, they joined. Mm -hmm. You know, Dr. Cosby was part of, or Denzel Washington and Bill Clinton has been part of. They actually took on the CD in their curriculum to start the conversation. And, and this project was really, is, is ignited <clears throat> so we can continue a conversation. And when you start that conversation, it just rolls over and we, it affects healing, you know, over time. And it's something I think that um, the troubled areas don't do. Uh, they don't look at the situation and talk about it in terms of the emotion from within each and every individual. Um, there are people who ought to be talking about their sadness they ought to be talking about their frustration. They ought to be talking to each other and sharing success stories as in, oh, no, I went to 
this address. I mean, it's the same as if I said, well, where'd you get those uh, shoes? And you yeah. said, I went down to, let me give you the address. Uh, listening parties to talk about, to help each other, to aid each other. Go, I'll go with you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and, and the dialogue is something that's a continuous dialogue. When you say that it's it's a lifetime work, these are things that they're not new things that mm. are happening. Right. These yeah. are things that have been going on for a while. It's just that we've found a way to utilize the, the medium that, that of expression through creativity, through through an art form that people make records to express um, a lot of different things. And we're able to bring people into this dialogue by sitting around listening to a song. I mean, you know, in the 21st century, to be able to have people that are assaulted with all kind of sonic, with sounds and, and mm. pictures all the time through watching TV and listening to the radio, and they get a lot of different messages, a lot of different imagery. In this case, we're, we're, we're adding into the barrage, but we're, we're making them think a little bit different. We hope that they would think because right. people have an opportunity. But here's to the interesting thing. I mean, you're coming in, you say there's a positive message. We're going after this. We know it's a lot of work. But oddly enough, this is a controversial uh, album in a lot of ways that people are already reacting. Some people get upset that these things are even talked about in public. Mm. Wait, no, wait. Are you talking about the seat? People are complaining about the CD? Well, no, I'm just saying well, just it, it, just it, it, the word itself. As the CD's coming out, mm. it's already somewhat controversial that... Uh, but what is controversy? Well, uh, I think that if you take the, the biggest uh, producer in rap's history, Russell Simmons, and say that he's already made some remarks about it, I think that's kind of... Surprising. Uh, were you guys surprised about it? Or? No. Uh, no, no because they were rejected. <laughs> they, <laughs> they would have been rejected by Mr. Simmons. Because yeah. they wouldn't have fought, fit in what they called a quote-unquote format. Of his, mm -hmm. of his quote-unquote poets. Yeah. And we're saying uh, it was taken away from the message. Like, if you're going to criticize, we were saying, my, my statement in the message was, Dr. Cosby's doing, th this, doing this work right now. So you're talking about, you actually misinterpreting a conversation he had a few years ago and really didn't dialogue with him to elaborate. So you ran with that and think that's what we're talking about. We're talking about we have issues here called a safe emergency and we're working on helping to heal the remedy. And that was pretty much it. So, and, and we said, with all due respect to Russell and yeah. him being a pioneer in hip hop, we were not attacking him. We're just saying, let's focus on the cause. And if you want to join in on this cause, let's join in on this state of emergency because if you really bout it, then this is the work we have to do. Right, because I, I don't even know if Russell has heard the album. Yeah. You know, so to speak on what he's thinking and, and if there's controversy, I, I don't know. I think, you know, lots of times people have access to the press and they just say things. I just totally, this brother how I speak, and I just don't totally, I totally don't understand how somebody can criticize something that somebody's doing that's so positive. Mm. That alone is just... Well, that's, what, that's where the word controversy comes in. <laughs> one, one of the things I wanted to add, add to, you know, um, you drink milk? Yeah. Okay. You look on the carton, and generally the, the milk is it's a P word, pasteurized, right? Yeah. It's named after Dr. Pasteur, most controversial situation and what he wanted to do with milk to get rid of the the problem with milk and there were doctors renowned who put down 
what he was doing. He wanted him thrown out. Controversy. But today, on the carton, it says, pasteurized. Mm. So just because somebody doesn't understand it, they have uh, they have freedom of speech. Right. Uh, they're wrong, but they have freedom of speech. Hence, controversy. But so was Dr. King. And the New York Times said, why is this man doing this? What, what does he want? And what do these people want? And they couldn't see clearly even when it was explained. They wanted time. We need, we, we, don't you think we need time? You, you, you don't think that laws will help you? I mean, all kinds of stuff is thrown out. I happen to look at it this way. You want to call it controversy? Whatever your name is, whatever, whoever you, you may be, some uh, professor, associate professor from Princeton. You may be uh, uh, Professor Georgetown, learned and a man of letters of God and Jesus. I'm saying, look at it, man. 450 murders, young men pulling the trigger, blowing each other's brains out. Stop. When are you going to say something about it? Uh, young men riding around with guns in their hands in a neighborhood where these things cost $400, Where'd they get them? How do you put it in the... And for what reason do you put these things in the hands illegally? A young man can go and get a gun and come back and blow somebody else away. And kids living in neighborhoods know about or have seen murder or have heard gunshots or have been standing and, 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 and saw somebody fall and found out that the person was shot because some kid is shooting at another one with a gun yet there's no place to practice shooting. So the kid doesn't realize you pull the trigger, your arm jumps. You miss the guy standing in front of you. And then you hit some child playing or some person innocent. So where is, um, where is the controversy of this? When we are talking about, we've got to think. We want to save lives. We want to save people from going to prison. So the controversy may be, well, why are you announcing it and drawing attention to it? Well, because you're not cleaning your stuff up. And so let's get together. Let's talk. Let's heal. Let's look at what people have named dirty laundry. But I have read uh, where my age is a factor. Now, that's controversial <laughs> because... If you want to put it out that uh, people my age and older are not to be listened to, it's very, very controversial. Because what is it you're saying? Especially if kids are going around unguided and, and the behavior factor, good behavior, positive behavior, don't hurt other people, don't hurt yourself behavior, 
excuses as your your reason for why you're not doing something that makes you feel that life is worth trying to do something better with yourself education I, to ask you to think as a 14 year old having sex to cover yourself so that you, you, you don't impregnate or become pregnant? Where, where's the controversy? Well, uh, let me just even ask the guys as well as this. You didn't get this message from Dr. Cosby. You guys were already on this positive thing. How come you didn't follow the mainstream? What what made you guys go off and start Good doing question. positive rap? Okay, well. This, well, this, wait, wait. Let's not call it positive. Uh-huh. Because I don't want to get into an argument about versus okay. negative. The, we are who we are, Tiv. <laughs> right. When our and, story. And, and 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 these voices and these selections and these records, this is what we're doing. Like this is what we're doing. I mean, I thought personally to to create the music that we're creating was something inside that I personally wanted to do. I mean, I'm from Newark, New Jersey. I mean. And the people listening or you guys, if y'all watched the virtual hall, we, we, we told our story and to be brief, I sat in jail facing life sentences. I, I faced 180 years. So I ripped and ran through the city of North. So it, it, it comes a time where I personally wanted to change, not just myself. Running. Running. Nowhere fast, you know. And I wanted, to, I wanted to see something better for the youth and for everybody to stop. A lot of the killings are senseless. You know, mm. and I just and I thought, and we all love hip hop. We listen to hip hop. So if you gonna if you gonna listen to something, because people wanna put something in they in, in the car and they, in their kids or they're around their family, and they wanna be able to listen to music and and feel good about it. You know, Together, yeah. if you're gonna talk about and something think. and think. So when you when you um when you listening to some you know some of the selections and, and it's one song just to to be brief is why. And then you ask yourself yeah. that question, and, and and that's dialogue in itself. Well, I got I I started doing po well, a new movement, a, a positive <laughs> angle. I ain't want to say the word positive, <laughs> but I started doing that type of music. Um, you know, you know, my spiritual side took over. You know, God came back in my life. Change. It was a, yeah, it was a change, man. It was a time for me to change. You know, I came to a point in my life where I almost lost my life. I was a victim of a gunshot. A gunshot wound. I was shot in the drive-by shooting. The bullet missed my heart by two inches. So, like, that was a wake-up call for me. I, I had just had my daughter. She wasn't even one years old at the time. And, and and the why I got shot and where I got shot and by who I got shot was, like, Bloods and Crips. It was gang members that was shooting at each other, like, because, you know, being on the wrong type of turfing, that was a wake-up call for me. And then when, a, when I'm in a hospital, somebody rolls up in a hospital the same night that got shot in the chest just like me, and this guy don't make it, and God spared my life, man. It was no choice but me to make a change and not go back. I had to come out here and, and, and speak and preach this message of, of positivity and, and this message of nonviolence and stop doing gang violence and all those type things. It, it, this was my purpose. I have to do this. It's not. I can't go back to doing mainstream music because it's not edifying anybody. It's not helping nobody. So that's that anybody. So that's why I'm. That's why I do this, and I do it with a, with a strong passion. And I've been doing it for the last five years, and I would not go back. I'll probably be doing this for the rest of my life so i'm cosby age no matter excuse what excuse me <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me chime in um before you go big brother uh that uh this is this is supernova Sloan speaking 
I look at I'm a wellness warrior. So it means what with no matter what I am fighting for wellness. Mm. You know, and I think uh, we we when when you look at the the community and what a warrior is, a lot of brothers in the street organizations called gangs, they have not been developed on taking their warriorship and using it to build themselves in their community. It's been deflected. Right. So, Tainted. so so what we're doing is we're doing music that everybody in the mainstream is affected by these issues. So really, this is the mainstream music. This mm. is truly the mainstream music because. The, the our favorite rappers in the commercial in the limelight, they have family members. They have been coming from some of these situations. Sometimes they don't talk about it, they don't rap about it, because sometimes they don't think that their audience is ready for it. But it's funny that everybody's going through it at the same time, but nobody wants to make this first step. Mm. So this is we're passionate about it because we when you look around from the suburbs to to the in it to the to the hood to black white, it don't matter. You look around, everybody is hurting. But nobody wants that. But nobody is ready to address when we're gonna address the healing. Hello. So mm -hmm. this is as wellness warriors. It's like this. We ain't no punks because we say we love you. That you know, what I'm saying? it take it takes strong someone strong to say I love you and I care for you, and I'm gonna take time to and make try. time. And you try. know what I'm saying? And and try. And, and, and try and and then push forward. We have a song that I'm gonna call Dad Behind the Glass. You know and. I think all of the so-called G's or gangsters or warriors or thugs out there, they can relate. They're in pain. That's why they bang game banging. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have family that came from the game bang culture. I came from the West Coast and from the East Coast. So I came up out of that struggle. So, but I said, you know, I'm going to use this energy to be a warrior of wellness. And the Dad Behind the Glass song on the album speaks about male brothers and sisters from all demographics, all nationalities, all races that... A fatherless, and what happens to youth? They're growing without any father figures or that guidance. And what are they? What are they saying to the dads behind the glass? You know, and, and that's so. We we these. This is mainstream. This is the music that is going to help address what people are going through in the mainstream. Let me let me ask you real quick as we wrap this up. You guys are delivering a message out there, uh, but Bill, some of the folks on the other side of the message uh, that are. You, the so-called poets but are delivering a message that you're not as happy with are being sponsored they've got deals with people like credit card companies beer companies shoe companies there's a lot of money bringing in the other side of the message how do, how do you battle back up against that well my name has helped mm -hmm. an awful lot to open doors because I think that um, without the name Bill Cosby Regardless of the product, that uh, none of us would be here. So that's the first opening. And then it's how we're going about doing what we're doing. Um, people understand that we're trying to save lives. And we're trying to change the way people think about what is going to happen to them and what their value is. And I think eventually these young men will be asked to come out and perform. They will broaden uh, their monetary horizon. They will write their own. They will nurture. They will raise. They will start their own recording companies. Uh, I, I think that the messages they have will turn into wonderful, wonderful stories uh, of truth and, and happiness. 
and that um, this world will be a much better place. Um, if credit card companies, I don't particularly care for credit cards, mm. um, not the way they're doing people. So if credit card people came to me and said we would like to sponsor, um, the first thing they would have, I would say no. And mean it because you can't take somebody and then at your your whim go up to twenty eight percent from the fifteen percent they signed on for. I mean, this is madness. So I I just my own thinking of that would would not work. Mm. You know, uh, Mrs. Cosby especially would have to scan <laughs> and not really these people and find out how they're doing racially how they're doing, hiring the help they have, what what they do uh, in terms of the the earth, et cetera, et cetera. So many of our sponsors um, or people who, who would want to, they would probably join in because they want to just look like they mean something while they're doing something devious underneath, and we won't have that. State of emergency. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks. We want to encourage people? Thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I just want to say, um, you go to Amazon, iTunes, BillCosby.com, please. You know, purchase the album for you, your family. It's a great Christmas gift and a good way to bring in a new year. <laughs> yep. Pleasure, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thank you. The Virus. Sirius 197, XM202. Ron and Fez. <laughs> And it's a state of emergency, as Dr. Cosby has brought up today. Two of the great spokesmen from the black community, Black Girl Douglas, and of course, Grandmaster Franklin of Cypher Films. <laughs> um, Franklin, you were there for it, Earl, you slept through it. But there, there's the interview uh, that we did with Bill Cosby and his Cosnerati. Mm -hmm. Cosnerati, which is the name, uh, name of the uh, thing. Uh, right off on the Russell Simmons stuff. Uh, Russell Simmons, Earl, or Cosby, who do you side with on this type of thing? Um, I would have to side with Russell Simmons mm. in the sense that you have to go with you know, you you got to if he's a businessman, he has to go with the feel what is on the street, who people are reacting to, and he's just going from it from a strictly from a business standpoint. By the way, you know who I just uh, bumped in, into in the hall, and I wish I could have had him in with Cosby, Chris Brown. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but by the way, looks eight years old. I don't know how old he, he is. He is the youngest he looking guy. He looks like guy. a baby. Yeah. I was shocked that he did anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I disagree with Earl, though. You by disagree one hundred percent. Yeah, man, because it's like you, you, when you're in a position of power, you're dictating what the audience wants. You're not just responding to what the audience. So wants. you think that Russell Simmons is telling the acts? I think that he is allowing. He's deciding what is going to become the hot new thing. Mm -hmm. And if you decide that the more pro the more progressive thought and positive thinking rap is what's going to be out there. Within months, don't that's say what's positive. Oh, right, it's not positive. positive. Right, just right. otherworldly. <laughs> I mean, talk about a guy. Here's here's the rapper was afraid to use the word positive in front of Cosby. Yeah, he was. 
Just, he caught himself real quick, too. Had you ever heard of any of these guys before, Cos? Uh, um, I knew of Spaceman. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Spaceman's been around, right? He's been around the, for a long time. And, and he's a talented producer. Guitar and player. And he, yeah, he's not going to be going out on the road with these guys, I don't think. But, he just produced the album. Did he produce the other jazz albums that Cosby was involved in? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I know he did... No, I'm pretty sure he didn't do those. I have a couple of the ones he did in the like early '90s, mm-hmm. which were musically were incredible. But but the whole it was just weird watching him perform Cosby quote unquote perform with the band because he would sit in a chair, yeah, and just make like these weird hand gestures to the band. And like the band was just playing, they were just almost oblivious to what was going Cosby on. Cosby is like a so sober Arthur. <laughs> I mean, he. I'm not even kidding. He lives his life almost like Richie Rich. I mean, he, but why wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. He's made it that big. If he goes, I want to put this out, he gets the opportunity to do it. Um, when you hear about the positive rap thing, Earl, does that feel too forced? Um, you can you can almost sense when it is forced. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just there's a bunch of guys who do it just out of pure. That's who they are. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like. Like Common does it because that's who he is. Yeah. Speech from Arrested Development, it reached a point where funny it's a, show, <laughs> not that Arrested. Uh, they the were both group. funny shows. I mean, he started that way, but then it became very forced. You can tell when it, you know it's just flying out of you because it has to come out, and when you're like, "Hey, well, you know what? I'm the positive guy. Let me but write." The can you imagine stuff. that the kids want to listen to an album that causes behind and it's songs about you know? Not having a dad or stay in school or, you know, black men should respect black women. I mean, is that what the kids are looking to listen to? I honestly, I got to go back to that. Like, I feel like the kids are looking to what they are told from MTV is hot. So you give them enough money. Well, you know, whatever, wherever they get it from now, with YouTube or Twitter or the friends, you know, but like... Would you, you shut down some of the gangster rappers? Honestly, I probably would. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly would. Like, I tend to try not to do hip-hop videos for people no. who I think are too violent. Now, here's a guy that, uh, as far as I remember, you're one of the co-founders of PAC. Yeah. About freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And you are saying you would shut down... Yep. Some rappers. Yeah, because even though they have the right to say it, I have the right not to present it. So I feel like you have the right to say what you want. You should present. You should protect people's right to do that. But you should also have a responsibility as an artist because they are children who are who are following you. You know what? I did a documentary about seven years ago called In a World Myself, and the, the moment in that documentary that stood out to me was. Uh, uh, one of the spoken word poets was saying how it's a responsibility. You have to take the responsibility because of the fact that every 11-year-old is growing up and they're memorizing what you're saying. And then you cut to a scene where you got like a 9-year-old. You know what your rap name could be, though? Mm-hmm. Clear Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying, Earl? Yes. If, we're gonna, if we want to let Ima speak and Stern speak and ONA speak and let them just talk to their audience... Why wouldn't the black rappers be able to do the exact same thing? And a lot of them do. I mean, like, everyone, like, you know, Notorious B.I.G. is considered one of the greatest rappers. By the way, now who's more black? So far, it looks like Dave. (laughs) Thank you. If we were playing to tell the truth, (laughs) Dave is the only one who could pick the black man so far. Absolutely. I have. You see, that's the problem. The idea that the negative rap is more rap than the positive rap. That wasn't the problem at all. The problem would only be... Do we let people express themselves 
and then let the other people choose for themselves. Oh, that's but that's yeah, they have the right to. But, but you, you mean the, what you I put it out on my label? You know, like if I owned a label, uh, a couple, I wouldn't put it out. Here's a couple people who uh, wanted to talk. You're on with Earl Douglas, and of course. Adolf Hitler. Uh, <laughs> Curtis, go ahead. What do you have? Hey, how y'all guys doing? Good. Uh, I just wanted to bring up that Bill Cosby is really missing the whole subculture that's going on in hip-hop right now. You know, even on XM, they have a, a progressive uh, rap segment that comes over on the weekend, and there's it, it, so many different artists that get uh, airtime through, through your company, like uh, Lil Brother, uh, Jay Dillon, before he died. And even if you go to somebody mainstream like Tupac, Tupac put out a lot of progressive uh, and conscious music aside from his gangster side. Mm -hmm. okay. Here's what you guys need to do. Uh, you need to read this book that Cosby has written with. I, I believe the person's name is Alvin Poussant. Oh, is that uh, Come On People? Come On People. I, I read half of it. It's extraordinary. Why only half? I'm, I'm halfway through. Oh, it is a, it's a really call to arms... Here's one of the things I thought that was so interesting that he said, and people got mad at him. He goes, every time that the black community gets angry when a cop kills a black kid, right? Why aren't they angry when a drug dealer kills a black kid? Why aren't they going crazy in the streets when a gang member kills a black kid? Why does it they have to wait till a white cop kills a black kid before they start to erupt? Uh, how do you are, answer? Are you yeah. Go ahead, are you talking about are you talking about the media or are you just talking about the rap culture? Well, he's talking about the black community there and reacting to I I guess the rap culture. But but if you read the book Cosby's point was that that culture because of the media being owned by white people that it's really a matter of blacks still doing what white people want them to do. And I kind of brought that up to him in the interview about so many people being pushed by credit cards or sneakers or whatever, and he said he wouldn't have any of it. I mean, you want to? Well, I thought with well, I think when let's say when a drug dealer kills a kid, there is a segment of the black community. Usually, it's the family, the immediate family. A right, but of you know what the difference? Like yeah. when we watch on TV uh -huh. here in New York, and a cop kills a kid, and you turn on the TV, mm -hmm. and there's just streets are filled with people, and they're going crazy, and we're all going like. Mental note: Stay out of the Bronx for the next three days. <laughs> yeah, so but that's not necessarily too, true. Um, in Chicago, over the summer, I believe it was there's like two or three different kids who got shot during, during gang violence, and even the one that they broadcast on the news uh, about the boy that got caught up in, in the gang fight. There, there, there's a very big outpour, and especially in Chicago, I can speak a little bit about that because I have uh, some form of a, a connection of people of their family up there, and uh, there's a lot of people. Uh, 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 preachers and things of that such that gets out there and organize these people to try to stop the gang violence mm -hmm. in, in, in these areas. And I believe that part is not necessarily being shown by the media or, or, or people who have the, the, uh, the ability to put that out there and let the public know that it's just not everybody in the black community. It's not like, well, we only care when a, a police officer kills uh, a uh, kicks in the door and they think it's a drug uh, a drug house to kill some old lady. Uh, it, it, I, I appreciate you calling. It is an interesting point. Whenever you're at a place that the media covers, mm -hmm. it's a, and then you go back the way to, the, to watch how it did get covered, you are normally shocked. Mm -hmm. But then on, on another night, when you're not at those places and you just watch, you take it for granted that what they're saying 
is true. But I remember before the war, uh, there were marches of over Millions. half of a million people, mm-hmm. million people here in New York, three different times, that got maybe blips right. on the news. And you thought for sure, like, Jesus Christ, a million people are, you know, they're lining up from, I remember it was like the UN past 80th Street, just filled with people. This is going to be gigantic. Never really got covered. And it wasn't just even in New York. It was happening at the same time in like Chicago and I mean, like millions. And in Rome and mm-hmm. in London. Everywhere. And it was just like a passing blur on CNN and, and all the major channels. You kind of have to agree with the caller. And you have to go to like to like a C-SPAN to get like comprehensive coverage of all of that stuff, and it happens that way also in the black community a lot. Uh, here is uh, Blake. Blake, you're on a fez. Hello, gentlemen. Um, Earl, I don't know what you're talking about signing with Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons has forgotten what it's like to be an artist. Uh, he's probably obsessed with money now. As an artist, you're supposed to try to change the perceptions of your the person using the art in a positive way, and now he's just more putting out artists so he can make money. And that's exactly what I said. He's he's following the money. He's being a businessman where if the one of the traps that most artists that most artists, most like label guys fall into is trying to dictate what the public sometimes you have to kind of feel what the public is feeling. You know what I mean? Like if like for example Yeah, but if you just give the public back to them what they come in with, then how are you an artist? In other words, when I think of uh, let's say a comic being hack is when he plays exactly to whatever his audience's prejudice were mm-hmm. and that isn't just like race prejudice but if i see a black comic come in and do kind of you know step and fetch it jokes and white people yeah. are going crazy it doesn't make me feel like the guy killed or if a southern comic is just playing to southern stereotypes and everybody's going crazy it's going to feel closer to hack. That happens in music as well. It happens in movies and television shows now, too. We're getting the same st- cookie cutter. No, what, Does what, it happen in radio? That will be the next step. Uh, Earl, you disagree. Well, what I mean by that is, let's say, like, let's use, for example, Motown, where they had a very successful formula, and they were following that successful formula, and then there were other elements happening in music that, you know, that black kids, and you know, basically, let's say, he was like, you know what, let's incorporate some of mm-hmm. the funk stuff in there, which they did. And, they and did. you're saying it, it can't be everybody's job to do everything. Yeah. In I mean, other words, Motown can't be everything to everybody. They had to stick with the Motown part of it. They, they stuck with the Motown part of it and almost basically by the will of the public had to make adjustments where, like, say, like the Temptations had to get a slightly more funkier sound. You know, Marvin Gaye started doing conscious, you know, very conscious music, conscious R&B. Stevie Wonder went in that direction because that's where the public was going. But is the public becoming less conscious and more negative now? Or is it that the industry is just presenting these arts as the norm? Like the gangster rap is the is the big thing, you know? Is it that? I mean, is there, there was never a point where people like the Roots in Common and De La Soul didn't exist. It was just that the media was well, saying, Randall, you're, it's gangster you're, you're time kind now. of saying it's a carnival. It that is. They, they're just making these guys big. Mm-hmm. They're making them seem more controversial. They're building them up. They're knocking it down and bringing in the new one. Right. And at the same time that all these things are happening, they're all the same alternatives exist. You just have to seek them out. Who wants to? <laughs> Seriously, who wants to go to <laughs> the It's a responsibility, the honestly. Earl can't get up that early. Don't you wish you would have gotten up to meet Cosby? 
Sorry. You're blaming it on Chris Stanley still? <laughs> <laughs> you said you yeah. called him this morning? I, I, I sent him a text last night. And I think I sent the one this morning. I was like, what's going on? And I was like, what? And I didn't hear anything. So I just assumed that I, I wasn't. What time did you text? Um, no, I texted him at least once last night. I'm trying to find Was he sleeping, though? <laughs> He's sleeping. He just sent me a message. Do you remember any of this, Chris Stanley? Yeah, yeah, I just found the text. Yeah, it was at 10 o'clock, but my fucking phone died yesterday, so it wasn't even on. He was sleeping. Last just night. come in, Earl. Earl's, <laughs> Earl's alarm clock goes, go back to sleep. When it I goes see, off. that's planned to a stereotype. <laughs> this is a state of emergency right Okay, now. I'm sorry. Um, Fezzi? Yes? Do you think there should be gay marriage? Yes. Okay, got that out of like. Get, get Thank that you, Ron. <laughs> sure. You guys definitely both don't think there should be? No, I've changed my mind recently, actually. I started off when I first came into the show thinking that it wasn't, that the, uh, the, I don't know, the union should be enough. But I feel like all these people going repealing. I was kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have every scientist. other day. This is Black Day. <laughs> This is time for the black guys. They can black, be black gay people too. I wish we would have Earl the Pearl Monroe in here. Oh God! <laughs> uh, what all did you get on the sign, Fezzi? What did uh, Bill Cosby sign? We got a signed copy of the book that you mentioned. Come on, people, on the path from Come victims on, to people. victors. We got a signed copy of Bill Cosby's book Fatherhood. A signed DVD of Bill Cosby himself, the uh, comedy special, and a signed copy of the CD. Uh, Cosnerati, State of Emergency. Bill Cosby signed that. That was the big one. Did the other guys sign it? No, just Cos. Well, wow, he's got a great little uh, thing, huh? Yeah, that's a great autograph. This a great little giant, signature. Giant B, Giant C, and a little Veach. Mm. Did he say? Did he bitch about signing, or he was cool with it? He was very cool. This is the HBO special I was talking about. This is yeah, the, it's unbelievable. This is the fucking re one of the best things of all time. It, uh, it may be cake. the best HBO special ever done. It, it was great. And I, mm -hmm. Even will sell things, how the lights change and everything. It was just and how he was sitting down through yeah, a lot of it. Most of he it. He sits <laughs> and does it with his legs spread open. <laughs> he wants to be comfy. This is the first comedy Jeffrey, special I'm me and my whole family watched just together. Died. Just died we watching just, it. The only thing we ever watched it. It was the first yeah. time Did we all watched it. Did you have to press it. the sap button to hear it? Giggs no, no, no. Cake. That's and children are eating, they're enjoying, <laughs> and they're listening to their music. And everybody, <laughs> and then, of course, my wife comes home. Camille. I'm Jeffrey. I'm four years old. <laughs> <laughs> Children lie. <laughs> it's just so funny. Oh, his wife in labor was great. Mm. Um, is uh, our buddy Mike of Philly? What's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. I um, noticed that when you were talking to him about like some real deep issues, like you know, kids killing kids or gangster violence or drug violence in these neighborhoods, he was talking about. These kids don't have anywhere to practice, you know. They don't know that there's kickback when you shoot a pistol, and sometimes you, you hit somebody you don't attend to. I, was he making, like, a real wry kind of dry joke there? Or was no, he, he was saying this. They have no place to practice, Ronnie. Well, he, well, this was the point, that these kids have it in the back of their head that it's going to be like in the movies, right? Because yeah. we have movie violence. And then if a 14-year-old kid gets a, a pistol and pulls the trigger at another person... It's the first time they've ever pulled a trigger mm -hmm. in their life. And they might pull the trigger, it kicks back, it hits people, they don't have the aim that they thought they were going to have the aim, and they go back and try to explain these things. But at 
that his point was that if you were a little more skilled with guns, you, wouldn't have you so would instances. see how aggressive a bullet is. Mm -hmm. And you would be surprised how many of these times that these kids, when they shoot each other, it's the first time ever mm. that they've pulled a trigger. And they'll, they're pulling it, you know, a foot away from another person's head and then shocked that the head explodes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they have no idea. They're waiting to see something that looks like a, in a movie. Right. Or if they get shot, they had no idea they weren't going to be able to hold on to their side and start, you know, running and still keep shooting because they don't know anything about a spine being severed. Well, and pulling a trigger is, I mean, that's a... That's a freaking recoil. That takes some shock to you. It's but to you, it would. For me, <laughs> seriously. He's got vegan arms. <laughs> yeah, I'm stronger than you, Everything, Dave, Everything it. recoils. Dude, a 45 would knock your If you ass, drink a, some 7-Up, you, your arm starts recoiling. <laughs> I can come in running through here with an AK in each arm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I couldn't hit anything on the target. I couldn't even hit the target the first time I, sh I shot a gun. Uh, Ernie, Arizona, you're on my face. Hey, Ron, how's it going? Yeah. Hey, um, I wanted to address a point that uh, Bill Cosby stated about Russell Simmons not addressing society and things that are occurring in society. In his death poetry jam, he has one individual, uh, last name of Beatty, he does a poem called Knock Knock, which specifically addresses absent fathers, which addresses racism, and which addresses how people need to rise up. Um, I suggest you guys take a look at that because it, it is a very moving and um, riveting poem that addresses all those factors that uh, Bill Cosby was stating that Russell Simmons doesn't address. Um, I don't think that Cosby knows everything there is to know about Russell Simmons. Um, and there's no reason that he should. And by the same token, I think that younger black people, there's no possible way to see Cosby as living white for all these years. I know where he came from in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't, it was, it's not so much that it wasn't middle class, it wasn't even lower class. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, mm -hmm. he really came from a tough place, a long way, worked his way up, and was a black guy on TV when that should have been shocking. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And was able to bridge gaps. I brought it up earlier. You, you just really, you can't act like just by him being on TV or just have stuff like Dave saying his whole family enjoyed that stuff in the same way Franklin's whole family did mm -hmm. and not think that that doesn't unite people. You're insane if you don't think that a kid like Dave wouldn't watch that. Like Dave said, you didn't even think of him as black. No, it didn't. That's like my grandfather. That would be like the future of where racism goes where <laughs> racism just stops mattering right. you know forget the fact of oh i'm going to honor you as a black person in your heritage the fact that it will get to the point and we will sooner or later probably not in our lifetimes but sooner or later we'll get to a point where people don't give a shit much like no one cares the difference between irish and italian now and that used to be a big deal mm -hmm. or what dave has done marrying a jewish girl 40, 50 years ago would have been this Shocking. huge thing of everybody would have been talking about it. And, right. You know, the fact that your parents are okay with the fact with your kids not being baptized <laughs> as Catholics. You know, they weren't raised that way. Right. You know, mm -hmm. they were not raised that way. And people, but. so people are able to change. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, within my lifetime, I mean, when I first started dating, I had been spoken to on the street about being with the interracial relationships. And now it wouldn't even be considered it in shocking. Well, it's still weird for you because you were dating white guys. But <laughs> I think that everything's going to be taken care of except for, of course, black on black crime. That will always be here. Good. Yeah. Good. No, it's not well, good. I'm going to tell you what we call that in white America. The only crime we like. <laughs> well, that, and of course, embezzlement. White-collar crime. Pajama Gram, it is the best possible gift for Christmas. Get a Pajama Gram now. Order it now for your wife, your girlfriend, anyone in your could, family. Could I order it for my buddy Earl? You could order a Pajama Gram now, for Earl. Will he be getting girls, girls' pajamas or boys' pajamas? He could get boys' pajamas at Pajama Gram. He needs one with that little uh, thing in the back in case he has to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Well, they have all kinds of styles. They have sexy lingerie. They have... That's my nickname for him. Warm flannels <laughs> because winter is here. So it's all done at Pajama Gram and pajamagram.com. Now, it's the Pajama Gram. It comes in a beautiful hat box she's going to love, along with a lavender-scented sachet, a do-not-disturb sign, and a personalized gift message, all for free, all included in the price of your Pajama Gram. So order today, Pajama Gram, the perfect Christmas gift. She's going to think about you every time she puts them on. Overnight and Christmas delivery is guaranteed. It's the gift you're both going to love. Just visit pajamagram.com online. That's pajamagram.com. Or give them a call, 1-800-GIVE-PJs. That phone number is 1-800-GIVE-PJs. Be so careful when you do that number because it's so close to another number. It's 1-800-GIVE-PJs. Or go online at pajamagram.com. You know, I've never been up this early in my life. Really? Yeah, I was up like 7 or something, <gasps> 8 today. Yeah, I had to be here at 8. So I must have been up at 7. Oh, my God. Maybe you should have just stayed up all night. I feel like I have. Because 7 to me is last night. <laughs> I, I understand that. That's the way I feel on Fridays. <clears throat> I never got used to not doing a night show. <laughs> like, the hours that you do your show yeah. are the perfect hours to do radio. Yeah. Nighttime. You think so, yeah? Yeah. I like it. I. I'm, it's a whole different energy. Yes, it is. And also... And people are of, drunk when they call. Most of them, yeah. And, uh, you know, things have developed in the, in, in the day. News stories and such. Now, I saw Sam... From the Sam and Dave show, and he asked me not to come in the special. <gasps> no, he do it. He wouldn't do that. Oh, you going to the Ron and Fez parties at all? I plan on going to the one on Twenty um, First Street. Oh, that's the dot net party, Franklin. If I do go, I'm going to the one in the city. But I'm a little torn because there are two. Yeah, you got to pick one. Yeah, but choose. it would be the one in the city. In the city, he won't choose. He waffles. What do you mean? So we all have to stand there at the door wondering <laughs> if Franklin's going to walk in. What are you saying? He's not going to Lollapalooza. But there's two out. in the city. There's Rogue and then there's Ronfez.net. Oh, when does the other one show up? I didn't know that. Yeah. So For I'm like choosing two, two now. Um, let's go with uh, .net. Out of history? There's Who's there's, throwing Rogue? the history. Who's Rogue? throwing Rogue? He's GVAC. And I got a nice oh. email from him last night. As did you, Fezzy. Yep. Fezzy, where are you going? I am going to GVAC's Going Rogue party. You won't be going to .NET at all? Nope. No, I'm just going to hang out with GVAC. Wow. What did they do to him that was so mean? I don't know. That's the party I'm going to, if, if I can get out of here. The Rogue? No, .NET. 
Rogue is in my neighborhood. That's why they did. They tried to, to lure you. It's yeah, an, well, it, it was an easy bribe. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> yeah. Probably do special Franklin, you, have, you don't listen to the show at all anymore, huh? And no. It goes in spurts. It depends on what like I have you to come? do in the week. <laughs> no, I got a good stream. It actually depends <laughs> on what I have to do. Stream? You have a fucking <laughs> medical <laughs> issue. Gets, what no, would you he, call he it, man? He gets pissed. <laughs> uh, Jim in Orlando. Hey, Ron, how you guys doing today? None of your business, Jim. Okay, well, I expected that answer, but uh, that's great. Listen, I really enjoyed uh, the interview, but I got a problem with it. Yeah. I don't think the reason uh, to uh, make things better is to buy another anti-rap CD. It seems to me like uh, somebody's running on uh, Cosby's uh, coattails. I'm old school, Ron. I'm 58 years old. Uh -huh. uh, and Dave? I'm from Wall Township, New Jersey. I'm down here in Florida. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with uh, getting a job as a uh, uh, bagger at Walmart or uh, ShopRite and starting to make something of yourself. I just think that, uh, you know, everybody's looking for the big prize, and it doesn't work that way. All right, thank you very much. But he was saying you take a guy like girl. Oh, you haven't worked in a year. Yeah, more or less. I mean, I've done odd things here and there. You have another steady job in a year? Yes. Have you looked for one? Oh, of course. Now, you had a job that you hated, producing the Ron Fest show. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I, I just thought... You thought you outgrew it. I didn't think I outgrew it. I, the exact opposite. I thought I wasn't pulling my weight. Now that you're not here, there's no one even to fill in for you. Well, that... I never replaced you with anybody. But that, I'm shocked about Quite honestly. Thanks, Earl. And um, you were also shocked because remember what happened then is you had some kind of epiphany that you thought was from God. Was it from God, Franklin? Yes, you woke up with a message from God. <laughs> it, wasn't mm -hmm. a, it wasn't a message from God. It, it seemed like, like a message from God. No, it was just like it, it was. It was just. It was just time. It was. It was. I thought the there end. was light coming through there the window. There was light. He did tell us. And the end. you were going to leave and, and take the show on the way. Yeah, and that was <laughs> going to be the biggest thing that ever happened. You said sliced bread. <laughs> and in uh, a year, none of the bread has been sliced. Not yet. You haven't been able to slice it. <laughs> uh, Anthony, you're on Running Fez. Yeah, hey, buddy. Hey, Franklin, I was just wondering if you were waiting to see which party Lily was going to go to so that you could pick which party you were going to go to. Oh, I would have found that out beforehand, actually. <laughs> Is Lily going to be home? Nah, she's not going to be home that weekend. She's not coming home for Christmas? Well, she will be home for Christmas. I don't think she's going to be home that weekend, though. What about the week after she could stop in? I think we're going to be here the next couple of days. I think she will be, actually. Something's going on between you and Lily. No. It's just two girlfriends? Actually, we we hope to produce movies and radio shows and work together. Like, we have a lot of common interests. In so, that what terms. would be the that you and Lily doing a show together? Uh, you we would could be brother Weeze. <laughs> no, well, it would, we we can. I can see us doing a show together. I could also see us pro like producing films together. Mm -hmm. You know, so I would see. I mean, in those terms, we're like more professional partners, right? You know, mm. yeah. why is Lily the perfect person for you to produce films with? I think she tends to understand where my mind is coming from, and we're on the same energy wave. And she just attracts money. It's mm -hmm. just something about her that it just attracts money. 
So you think she's going to bring the money in? Oh, yeah. She's Mama Moneybags. Mama Money... <laughs> Did you know any of this? Mama Moneybags. No. Wow. I didn't know Tiger Woods over here yeah. <laughs> was planning on fucking making Lily the next Spielberg. Does that yeah. make you angry? Yeah. You Lily angry. doesn't know anything about movies. No offense. I love her to death. She's a great yeah. person. Who knows but about she, movies? Davey Mack. Uh, why wouldn't you ask Dave to produce Davey movies? Because Dave you can't bring us money. money. Bags, you, man. I'll, I'll bring you money. I'll bring <laughs> you money bring me money Why to make Amsterdam and we'll do I want to be the guy pulling the strings. I he, can you've never been nice to Franklin. Who's that guy that Earl does the impression of? That's who I want to be. Well, Earl does it? Oh, Robert, Robert Evans. Uh, let's Robert hear, Evans. Let's hear oh, your... Let's he he wants to be Robert Evans. <laughs> class hotel. I am Robert Evans. I, all I do is love, watch movies. <laughs> all right, get me money for Lost in Amsterdam, and we'll do it. I thought they that's the next t- movie, Lost in Amsterdam? I, I, that's winning the votes by, like, far now. It's so like 49% or something like that. It's a stoner thing, I know right? it's a stoner thing. That's why. But you know what? It'll make money, so let's let's get that going. Anyone wants to... You, you get me... Half a million dollars. We'll go to Amsterdam and make a dollars. movie. Yes. And Lily's out. I don't know about Lily being out. <laughs> Dang, I thought you wanted to be a, a game I show. I think host. she could add. Okay. Half a million dollars. Franklin would hit Lily with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> She'd get over it. She'd forgive me. <laughs> now you tell me that Lily can walk in here with a half a million dollars. Feel. Uh, she would. Uh, she has. And w- remember, when you hand money to Franklin, it's gone. Yeah, right. It's gone. That it money will be ain't turned into back. a movie. Yeah, yeah, but it ain't coming back to you. Right? No, no. Because <laughs> he refuses to market a movie. I'm trying, man. I got overruled by my company last time. Who's your company? It was, you know, Cypher, Dean, and Gina, and they thought that the, you know, the Moo Girls were gonna make girls feel like fat cows and. Whatever I it takes, you would have had attention. I know. I was attention. wrong. I hate that it didn't happen. I gave him You the, were so right. I, I gave him the thing because he did... Remember, he had Moo in his movie, right? Right. Said so I started sa- selling it as a movie, right? Sure. And then the Moo girls would go out, they would meet people, and we'd make a huge thing on the air about it and all. And he's like, oh, man, I love this. This is what I need. Marketing. I'm going, yeah, let's go. People, and then let's start and sell the Moo thing. We even people. made the shirts. We have yeah. Moo shirts with Moo's and face on it. It's perfect. Uh, he comes back and goes, sorry, I'm not allowed to do it. I go, why? He goes, Dean and Gene won't let me. <laughs> oh, come on. I couldn't do it. But you owe people money. Right? I know, and I was wrong. Like If it, if it happened right now... All over again, mm-hmm. I'd be wearing a moo dress myself, man. That's your hook, the animated cow. I know. Let's do it again. Let's get some moodles. That was a great idea. Moodles, great idea. That was over a year ago. It was exactly a year ago. Because I remember we were up in the middle of the night talking online. I know. And I loved the idea. Yeah, I was right. so excited. It was excited. just about exactly a year ago. It was exactly ago. a year ago, dude. It was one year ago. I was so excited. Today. Ugh. <laughs> Moodles. And I got overpowered. <laughs> and I'm like, this is going to be great. I want to help you get this going. And, you know, I saw these things being sold all over the country. We still have time. I goes, no. We have I, all moved on. You've moved on to Los Angeles. If you, if you were given that to a real producer, like yourself, a cinema producer, yeah, the new Robert Evans, I would have put Moodles right out there, right on Times Square. You still have time. No, it's over. Moodle it, Dave. I rescind my help offer. I am now working on Black Rock Coalition, the movie starring Earl Douglas. <laughs> wait, wait, himself. wait, what? <laughs> um, here's Dan in Florida. You're my friend. 
Davey Rad, you are such a sellout, man. You have never had anything nice to say for Frank Franklin. That's and true. now you want to drop your drawers and go work for Dandy Candy Productions, man. You make me sick. What Excuse the fuck is wrong I with you? I just rescinded my offer help. You have to pay attention in, in, in this life. From my new thing is Earl. So you wanted to make... Uh, I'm going to make a movie out of Earl. Uh, look, I got an idea for, for Earl right now. Vez uh, Watley is reconstructing his attempts to get out there on uh, homeless shopping spree. You're going to make it happen one more time. Classic rock this thing. But Earl hasn't worked in a year. He actually is homeless. <laughs> Earl, would you join Fez on homeless shopping spree? You'll be out there dressed in bums clothes, <laughs> trying to make things happen for yourself. It's a week from this Thursday. The home. I mean, now I, I remember I went out with Fez. The, now the you're in time, it. The last time. I mean, I'm, I'm, but I'm not a homeless. You are dude. a homeless. You're more homeless yeah. than the homeless. You're moving up in the broadcast. You get yourself uh, some boots. Maybe a sleeping bag and some Axe body spray. <laughs> I don't know how much money you're getting, but you're not buying all black stuff. All right, there's the two homeless. There's Fez's. There's Fez when he was homeless last time. Look how much more homeless he gets. <laughs> and when is this? Next Thursday? A week from this Thursday. I want to practice. I want to promise something to the listeners. That wig is going to be in bad shape by Thursday. <laughs> Um, David Ferry. Wig. By the way, Sam brought up today the people in the offices here talk behind Fez's back. <laughs> really? Because of the wig. Have you? Has Sam told you about it? No, but I'm going to ask him after the show. <laughs> Is he around? Well, that's he already the told group. me. See if he's in the. See if he's in the house. I want him to go to a homeless shopping spree. What's that? Why can't I go to a homeless shopping spree? It's only for Earl and Fez. They'll give you all the money, Lily. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> That's why I want to go. How much money? Uh, you want in, Franklin? I'm broke, man. I'd go. I hope uh, my clothes are too you big You want to do too. a fucking movie called Broke Dick Mountain. <laughs> 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 I know nothing about it. <laughs> sure. I'm not that part of it. Do we know if Sam's in the house? All right, He's see coming. if he can come down here. Um... And find out if I'm, what am I going to do if I stop by your show Saturday night? Just hang, man. Hang. Third mic it? <laughs> Unless you want a, a proper interview, and I'll, I'll type up some questions. <coughs> like, Ron, how did it happen for you? Uh, well, when I met Todd Hillier. All right. Um, uh, 145 Main Street, Rose, Roosevelt Island. Okay. Apartment. Hold on. 15B. I'm going to write this down. Stop. 15B. They, the, Fez's name on Roosevelt Island, the name of that street is Main Street. It's the only street. No. <laughs> that is the main one. But have you ever even heard of a street that doesn't intersect with another street? That's impossible. That's a driveway. It's basically like Sesame Street. It's, it's just, just like a, a strip. Fucking... There he is. I uh, I forget how we have so many of these. First of all, Sam, I'm exhausted. I've been up since seven o'clock this morning. <laughs> really? What time do you get up in the morning? I get up at three fifteen. You feel like you're insane every day? Every single day. Yes. I woke up at seven today, and I'm just. 
I, I'm actually, I thought I saw a cartoon cow tell me not to take my meds. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you it's... were telling me a story in the hall about some gossip behind Fez's back. What's yeah. going on out there, Sam? <laughs> well, why is so loud? <laughs> why are you loud? <laughs> People keep coming up to me and saying, now that that's Fez, right? From Ron and Fez? I go, yeah. <laughs> they go, What's with the wig? <laughs> All right, write down some of the names. Now Give with, me a couple of names, and not for a course. Now, with your crazy Afro Wars hair, they're asking you about someone else's? Sam won the war, by the way. But everybody thinks that, that Fez is scary. Yeah, they're very frightened of him. No question about it. Uh, the Hitler mustache, into the wig. <laughs> and this is why we can't, well. we can't get shit done for our show. Well, it's like... How many names are you going to write down? There's three. <laughs> Going on and on here. Awesome. Well, Liam, you actually know. <laughs> yes, he shouldn't be talking about me. Uh-oh. He's just... He asked, Bad hair, Liam. He said, how long is the wig staying on? Why are they doing that? And I said, that's what he likes to do. He wears, a, he wears you know, his, his hair that way. This, this Thank is, you, Sam. Sam, from fucking hanging out for so many years with O&A... Thinks anything is normal. <laughs> well, that's what some people like to do. They take a wig, they put it over a healthy head of hair. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't understand. That's Bobo, Big A, and Stalker Patty. What do you mean, Odd? It's a good answer, Fun. Sam. This guy has half a face and his fucking other but side is all we, fucked up. What? Big when we came here, Fez, you were going to be the liaison. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I didn't know people were talking behind my back well, now. Well, not even that, but I talked to the guy from the comedy channel today, Rory, who thinks that you're insane. <laughs> and was like, I don't understand why we're not doing some of these things. And I'm like, man, I am in meetings with Fez all the time where I'm hearing the exact opposite. <laughs> so uh -oh. some people think that he's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they just, they don't, they don't Sometimes get it. Sometimes I have to be honest. Why do I have to be crazy? Why couldn't I be friendly wig guy? Here he comes. Only I've seen people talk I, I'm nice dude. to people. I... When we're doing the show, sometimes I will just like look at Fez, and all of a sudden it will strike me and how insane it is that he's wearing a wig. And you know Especially what? if he's upset with those moves, and the wig is like bouncing back and forth. It doesn't say it's gotten a little loose over the month. It's David Ferry from JFK. Here's the weird thing I don't even notice. Oh, I know, that's what I mean. Like, sometimes I, I never think about it, and then just it'll dawn on me how crazy it is. The receptionist, too. just what I thought I was forgetting. Oh, no. The receptionist. Oh. The hot, the hot black, the hot oh, receptionist. No. Just yeah. What's her name? Uh, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Yeah. Oh, she had a What's your problem? <laughs> she's she's afraid of you. There's nothing to be afraid of. Oh. I'm always nice to Aaliyah. And, Fe and the security guard upstairs, the lesbo, you know, she hates <laughs> Fez. I know. <laughs> oh, she has she always despised him. and loves Ronnie B for some reason. I I don't get a blink. When I come in in the morning and say hello to her, Ron, she just gushes over. Wants to know how Ron's night was, how everything's going. Well, why does that make you angry? Because I, because I have never done anything for that woman not to like me. But see, that's the thing. You're outgoing, so it freaks people. I'm not, so they're trying to become friends with me. But here's the other thing of uh, Fez that's great. Fez 
can't read tells. His <laughs> eyes don't see a tell. So somebody could be acting like, oh, my God, and he doesn't see it. If you played poker with him, you could be just like all happy, pointing at your hand, and Fez would still push all his chips in. <laughs> also, a few months ago at Comic-Con, yeah. me uh, and my girlfriend Jess saw Fez coming out of Comic-Con, and we all said hello, and it was all cordial. And then after Fez left, Jess turned to me and said, why does he wear it on the weekends? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, my hairstyle. Question. This, this is one of my favorite fucking. Had to have a hat on. Fez things <laughs> week and uh, recently. Oh. It's like uh, about a week or two ago, hmm. and I see a guy fucking talking to himself in front of our building, coming around the corner, just talking away. Big white beard, crazy wig. <laughs> And it's Watley. And I just, I was staring at him going, if I didn't know it, he'd be the crazy fucking homeless guy. He is. So I'm like, uh, Home. He, he sees me, he comes over, and I go, talking to ourselves a lot. Watley goes, oh my God, I don't even realize what I'm doing now. I had no clue. I was mumbling away to myself. And then sometimes, because you see me in the morning smoking up front, and he's doing his laps. So he'll just come and stand closer uh, to me until he sees me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just have a a crazy wig guy fucking ends it up. And I'm like, yes, you're all watch. Hey, buddy. I mean, people also, because he'll walk by and sometimes the wig will be sweeped to yeah. the side. And you can see that there's a full head of hair. It doesn't stay put, especially with headphones on and off. There's some strap in there. And I tell you last week, I'm like, yo, Fez, I think a strap is sticking out. He goes, I know. I'm just like, oh. It pops out. You I didn't see. have it fitted. <laughs> Why did you get a new wig? Oh. Why are you still maintaining this oh. wig? But this is the way that the Ron and Fez show is now perceived uh, at Sirius XM. <laughs> I go, yeah, and then Ron and Fez is on after us. And they go, oh, that's that guy with the wig, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's getting around. Yeah. <laughs> so what? <laughs> Work oh. for Brucey. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard to say, like... You, that you work with ONA and that cast of freaks, and then but you're known as the weird show. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's the, accomplishment. The people that they drag through that show, and then they're like, uh, "What times those weirdos come on later?" <laughs> usually, the observation of Fez wearing a wig will be followed with. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Well, anymore, I forget I have it on. I'm just walking through. Well, I only brought it up to you one day, about three months ago. Well, and then we never ran with it. And the initial idea was going to be different wigs all the time, making it funnier and funnier. No, he's got the one comfortable wig and never brings it up on the air. It serves no purpose. It's so much better this way because everybody who works here, who works in radio and is familiar with the concept of a radio bit, thinks, well, there's no way that this could be a radio bit. It's been mm -hmm. months and months. Oh, you got you got to see people waiting to ask me about it. Like, yeah. the, the right time to ask. Like, oh, now all of a sudden, Franklin. Oh, oh dude, you have no Franklin. idea. Oh. You have no idea. Oh, Franklin. Oh, my Mr. God. Serious Let's XM, see. you run the halls. Oh, let's, let's go. Oh. Seriously, let me see. Last week, uh, okay, from the Boondock Saints on, 
They had the boondog right, stage. So he, he shouldn't be meeting the guests. No, it's great. It makes them feel comfortable because they all come up to me and they say, what's up with the wig? And I'm like, oh, nothing, nothing. Last time it was, uh, who was there last week? Oh, the, the, the broken lizard people. The short guy. He was like, yo, what's going on with the wig? I'm like, I don't know. You know he has a strap coming out? I'm like, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> don't they do, like, wacky, gross-out comedies for a I living? Know. And each one of them, <laughs> wait, all shy to ask me later on, what's going well, on with the wig? Those weren't exactly the wackiest people you ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I sitting behind him? <laughs> they were only slightly more comfortable than Devo. <laughs> uh, we got to take a break here. Uh, Sam... Dave's asked me to come in and co-host your show. Uh, well, no, so if I you want to go to the bike. party earlier. <laughs> Xbox 360, it's the mall experience, and it is on tour, coming to select malls for just a limited time, December 11th through December 22nd. It's going to be in Seattle, Los Angeles at the Topanga Mall, Cleveland, New Jersey, Tampa, and Atlanta. We're working on something right now that anybody wearing a, a wig gets a free fudgicle. <laughs> so, and it's also the Xbox Mall Experience, the only place where you can get a glimpse of the future of gaming with the Xbox 360 Project Natal. Now, this is where there is no controller needed whatsoever. Your body is basically in the game. It's going to recognize your face just from walking in the room. It recognizes your voice, and it sets up for the entire family. It's the Xbox 360 Project Natal. The only place to get a look at this in action, in person, is at the Xbox Mall Experience. Now, you know, the, I hear him talk about it every day. I still can't understand it, Dave. Do you get what he's talking about? I think so. Yeah, it's is like, it virtual reality or not? It's it's like even better than the Wii, which which you you have to strap something on. This you actually act out the game. Your whole right. body is the joystick. It's the, pretty awesome. The Wii, you need all kinds of controllers. This, you need nothing. If you're playing the Project Natal racing game, you're just acting like you're steering wow. uh, a steering yeah. wheel. There's no there's no g a game controller to use. So you don't even touch a steering wheel? No, you don't touch a steering just, wheel. If you're playing a baseball game, you don't touch a bat. Well, you're just using your body. What if somebody walks in and sees you doing that? They're gonna know you're playing uh, the project Natal. You don't have anything in your hands. You're not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're just that's gonna so be cool. acting like awesome. with nothing in your hands, acting like you're playing tennis. There's absolutely yeah. nothing to hold with this. Well, then how? How about, does the machine know that you have? Yeah, like what about jumping sensors, and stuff like that? It's watching you. The machine wow. is watching your body movements and taking it into the game. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. So that's the Xbox Mall Experience coming to select malls for a limited time. For more information, go to Xbox.com. Xbox 360, more games, more entertainment, more fun time. I always had a question about Duck Hunt came out in the mid-'80s, and that has was basically using, like, Wii Natal-type technology. Why did it take 20 years for it to happen? But Duck Hunt, you just... Pointed the gun, shot the fucking screen. How were we able to do Duck Hunt 20 years ago and not fucking get to the Wii or Natal faster? Yeah, and I don't even think Duck Hunt was the first of those type of things. Probably no. I, think, yeah, I just Duck Hunt's the one I remember. Before that. Yeah. Laser Tag, right? That was before Duck Hunt. Right? No, but I'm saying something that's you but maybe on the Laser TV tag, screen, maybe you because have that it died. and you have Maybe because the, the physical action died, that people were like, oh, no, they just want to be in the game. You know what I mean? That you're not going to get into the actual acting it out? Well, I don't know. It's something to look at.
Maybe we'll cover this on special delivery this Saturday. <laughs> oh, so really? is that what you do? You pick up things that you can't get to the end of here? On the well, I'm going to do show? some research and find out. All right. Uh, we got to take a break, Dave. You mind? You can no. use one of these when you're on special delivery. I don't mind. What's going on? <laughs> you're taking a break, right? Uh, I thought you were going to fight me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting comfortable. You feel fucking strong because you got Sam in here with you? It's warm all of a sudden. Oh, well, Pitbull, you write this fucking instant. Are you ready? I'm ready. That guy couldn't. That, that, that guy would poodle me. <laughs> that's a fucking insult. That's a black insult. Yeah, I know. I, would, I meant the black poodles. Oh, that's better. Wow. All right, we'll break right back. Run a fez. Are you homeless, Earl? No, I am not homeless. I have a home in Forest Hills, New York. If you go in the office right now, open one of the cabinets in there. Is it office supplies? No, it's Earl's pantry. It's just you living here. I'm starting to believe with the John Candy thing, that Earl doesn't have a home. I'll admit I spend a lot of hours here, yes, but... Bezzy caught you bringing groceries in on a Saturday. <laughs> it was a 64-ounce thing you know of what? ginger ale. That was it. I want to... I'm going to put a fucking camera in here. I bet I'd see you wandering around in a, in a robe at 3 o'clock in the morning. He's got a hot plate and a crock pot in there. Maybe there's something mentally wrong with loving your job. Maybe I do love it. <laughs> I do love my job. As long as much as you're here, no one ever comes to me and says, Earl, bust his ass for you guys. <laughs> Has anyone seen your apartment, Earl? Do um, we know it exists? Because on Thanksgiving, I don't want to be like Steve Martin, remembering as I laugh about things that, wait, Earl doesn't have anywhere to go home to. And I'll have to bring him to my house. The virus. Sirius 197, XM 202. Ron and Fez. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. What are we gonna do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? <laughs> Ron and Fez show. Um, Earl Douglas sitting in with us, and Earl, you've asked to be. If we could go to ONA and ask this, if you could be part of the homeless. <laughs> I didn't say a word about I was asked to. Shopping be, spree. To join Fez in the homeless shopping spree. Would you like to get some stuff for yourself this I, year? Um, <laughs> some Axe Body Spray. <laughs> I, I use Axe Reading body glasses. Spray. <laughs> Reading glasses. <laughs> Wool socks. Moisturizing Fez, what cream. are you going to try to grab this year? More perfumes? My dignity. <laughs> You no, think? no cologne in the face this year, homeless people. Just you, like, I, like they're Fez, listening. You got a better chance of running into a unicorn than you do, you do your dignity. They don't even exist. Hmm. And Dave, you were turned down. Oh come! You I really could use the the stuff. I wish I I could go. Well, maybe you should have a homeless character tomorrow. <laughs> if the homeless character that you do works tomorrow, I'll throw that in as a bonus. Okay. He can join homeless sp uh, shopping spree. So I can come up with another one? No, just one more. Okay. Homeless Dave. Franklin, what have you been working on lately? <laughs> I am working you're, you're on... You've got some big projects. Yeah, a lot going. of stuff. I'm doing some work with the borough pre Brooklyn Borough President and just some video work with them. And um, I'm actually trying to, I'm not trying, I'm in the process of seeking uh, the fiscal sponsorship of the no, Brooklyn. I, I heard a rumor, somebody oh. in this room, 
that said, no, he's a film guy, right? Yeah. Right. And that he said that he was looking to do some work with that funny guy with the glasses and the curly hair. Weird Al? Nobody knows what I'm talking about here. Funny guy. Oh, I know who you mean. Who do I mean? Say it or write it? Yeah, say it. Woody Allen. But oh. how, how do you not know who Woody Allen is? And describe him as the funny how guy. Know? <laughs> how Dave, do you know? Oh, Davey Mack I, I is going to dime to me. Oh. Look, first of all, here's what you got to remember. Oh. If you say it in front of Dave, he's going to say know, it to I me. I didn't even realize. Dave is oh, like my youngest friend. daughter. Yes. And he's going to come That's to right. me immediately. Well, just I, for the I, I have a small clip. <laughs> That's the only reason. Now here's something with the movies. Hold yeah. well, on, I actually did know him. I did. I just and my problem was that I kept saying Woody Harrelson all day. You know who? I, <laughs> I, you know who my favorite actor is? It's the Italian guy who kind of frowns a lot. Oh, yeah, I know him. Oh, him. The mole yeah. in the face. Yeah. He 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 thought it was an excuse, a, a legit excuse to say he was getting him confused with Woody Harrelson. No, because yeah. er, Earl, what did right. Earl just say here? When I said Woody. What was the first Woody person? Hayes, I was like, he no said Halston, you liar. Halston, <laughs> is he a filmmaker? Or? I always get Earl confused with Earl's sandwich. Because <laughs> he always has a sandwich, and his name is Earl. Are you always proud of that, Earl? Same name as Earl's sandwich? Yeah, I heard that, I heard that one all my life, especially in English class when the story would come up. Duke of Earl. That too. That's what I associate Earl what, with. What have you posted of Earl today? Dave, just hi, just him uh, sitting and reflecting. Uh, let me see. It's right. not even any volume, I don't think. That's good. Just a picture of Earl because he's he's very reflective a lot. You can put it up in case. It's like a still picture, but it moves ever so slightly. Yeah, just barely. It's, a, so. it's a kind of a sad little, you know, nuanced film. <laughs> what was that? Uh, look, I want you it to read. Sad. I want you to read something. Earl doesn't like you. Now, I interrupted uh, Fez when he had something to say. Here's This is something I fall for every time. When you're at the movies, uh -huh. and they're getting ready to, to start the feature, mm -hmm. and they roll that thing where the baby cries, yeah. and then the cell phone rings, I fall for it every single time. I think it's a real baby and a real cell phone. And it takes until it's, you know, 30 seconds into it when all the noise is happening and all the chatter they add to the recording. But that first baby cries. It seems cry, like it gets bizarrely weird really quick, too. Oh, right, like yeah. a baby cries, then a cell phone, and then you just hear people going nuts. Right. Like, what the fuck is happening here? I mean, so many times I have just sat there and went, oh, now the baby's going to cry. Well, you'll like this. I've been at the theater before, and they play that baby crying, and babies will start crying. Because oh, if a dog barks, another dog will bark, yeah, and if yeah. a baby cries, another baby will cry. Oh, yeah. Well, you yeah. know it better than anybody. Yep, 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 yep. It's just they keep passing colds and cryings back and forth. Do you take your babies to the movies? No, no, no. I would. I, I like going to the movies. He doesn't take his wife to the movies. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> he's, a, he's a solo <laughs> movie man. I have been even before children. She doesn't like going to the movies. I'll tell you what. That baby... I put Earl's video back on my face. <laughs> that baby cry that they had. Right, let me just do the voiceover for this. Ready? Okay. All right. Let me just. Earl said there. Ready? What you talk about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> you are so Gary Coleman. 
<laughs> but look, look, he's gonna do this thymy lip though. Look, look, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a 1930s home movie. Before we had sound. <laughs> look how it stops. Stop with that Earl look. <laughs> what are you doing, Dave? <laughs> Just uh, that was the one good thing about Earl, though, when he worked here, the fucking Twitty, the source of Twittios oh, that he was for me. And this is before even Twitter. I just had him in my old phone when Earl was with us. <laughs> when we sometimes when we had nothing to do on the show, <laughs> we just go like this. All right, let's just drive Earl nuts to the end of the show. Call Earl in here, and I'm going to ask him what happened to something, and wait for him to lie to me. We would do it in the uh, meetings and shit, but the best one that, I, unfortunately, I broke my phone. We were dancing around him, singing oh, that song. Yeah. What was the song? What was it? it was like, spinning wheels? Yeah, spinning wheels. What goes <laughs> up? What's come down? We circled him. It was people. Spinning wheels. Everyone in the video should have been arrested. It was a torture situation. Well, the problem was, Torch. we would stay here too long and get all fucking tired and weird and punchy. <laughs> My wife, Kim Kardashian, walking all over today. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And her sister, Chloe, too. I and I saw John Mayer trying to mack it with her in, uh, in, in near the bathroom. Is he getting anywhere? No, didn't look like it. This fucking place is like show business heaven. <laughs> it's like if there was a plane crash where they had everybody would go. <laughs> So we stepped on Fez again. Go ahead, okay. Fez. Something about the AMC? Yeah, I was just talking about the baby cry sound effect. Or the the recording. <laughs> it is the best baby crying recording ever done. Not only that, but the sound is never as good for the movie never. as it yeah. is for that fucking thing. <laughs> it is so clear. The same with the Lucas thing. When they do... <laughs> the THA Yeah. You're like, this fucking sound is great. And then it never sounds good again. I don't even understand why not, but it never They put all their money into the baby crying in the Lucas fucking THX. Make sure it hits every speaker going around the stadium. Yeah, it's coming from everywhere. It's like mm -hmm. you're surrounded with crying babies. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what the Avatar is supposed to do, right? It's going to ready. totally surround sound. I'm ready for fucking Avatar. So am I. Fox Features says they won't, they won't say how much Avatar costs to make. Well, so the rumors are anywhere between 300 and 500 million. I heard oh. it was like 350, but then like James Cameron might have put like 150 of his own money into it, so... It was actually like five hundred million. He's exactly like those fucking teachers who buy markers for their kids. Teachers' <laughs> choice. <laughs> <laughs> they always bring that up. They're like, well, some teachers will spend one hundred and fifty dollars a month on their children. I'm like, how stupid. I know you shouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't buy anything extra for work. I wanted to get a new microphone for work. <laughs> Share the crayons, but but put that price tag out there. Let people know you're sitting in the audience of the most expensive movie ever made. Well, do you know why they don't do that, Fez? No. Because the only time it gets brought up, it's when it's a a costly flop. So they'll bring up Ishtar's prices. They'll bring up... Uh, Heaven's Gate. Heaven's mm -hmm. Gate was the prices. So anytime they start... And they used to do it with Titanic. Titanic. Right. So All when the they time. start to talk how much the movie... What, it means the Hollywood press is trying to turn it into a flop mm. and have people furious and go, this could have been 30 good movies, not one bad one. Yeah. So he's smart to stay away from that. Because have you ever heard of a positive story about how much something costs? Oh, no, not when it's going over budget. Yeah, no. and then it was like, mm. this is great. It's only going to cost us 10 bucks, but it's 300 million. 
But, I mean, they should have learned from Titanic. I mean, people shouldn't doubt James Cameron. I mean, Titanic was supposed to be, oh, this is going to be the worst movie, and well, this is going to sink, sink studios. I didn't like Titanic, and he made, well, I'm just talking about the profitability. It, it made a billion dollars. Uh, yeah, it did make a lot of money. It is the cool thing to say that you hated it the first time it came out, but... No, the boat scene's still good. Let me tell good. you, when that fat girl let go of that boy and he started sinking, you know you were fucking choking back a couple. <laughs> I just thought that the actual, once the boat hits that iceberg, it is a, it's a fun movie to watch. But what? wouldn't it have been a better movie if you had spent more time with the people underground, the people who were, I mean, under the, locked That's in? That's what Jack was. But this but like, is the that thing. was just one person. As look, you, you could make a fucking good goddamn video about Dave playing Earl. And you're ready to say how James Cameron can fucking you know, remake it. That, that's what gets to me, is when people act like they want to remake the movie. Not go out and make their own movie. Well, I'll at least give Franklin credit for that. But everyone's like, won't they cut out George R. Biggs and do this? And everybody knows how they, you know, Fez was saying how they should make Superman better. Right. Go make a fucking movie. Nobody's stopping you. Well, they actually even have those, like the Phantom Edit. Is like uh, I think like the, the 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 original Star Wars movies with no Jar Jar and also no um, love story basically like anytime they're kissing, you know Anakin Skywalker and Natalie Portman they they cut all that out because it slows the movie down. There was something mm. else that was done that was called the boys' version of something I forget, and they edited out every fucking scene, and it might have been I'm trying to think, it might have been the Doc Holliday film. Where they just cut out everything but <laughs> the fun, yeah, yeah. but the cool, the cool stuff, yeah. and That's and good. they called it the boys' version. Yeah, you didn't need I was any fucking rolling in that movie. on my on because they have to if they have an action movie, Bruce Willis has to have an ex-wife or a girlfriend that he's not paying attention to, mm -hmm. so we all know he's not a homo. <laughs> But they have to go out right. of their way to <laughs> say, by the way, he's definitely straight. <laughs> and matter of fact, she'll say something like, well, you know why we're not together. It's like cut you in bed with twins. You know what I mean? Like, just a fucking uh, overly hetero way. Just to make sure so nobody's uncomfortable for two seconds. Does that make you happier? No, less happy. Why don't they just make a, babe, a movie out of that baby crying? <laughs> They should call it baby. <laughs> bring, bring. Hey, everybody. Yeah, this is fun talking for a movie. You know what I fucking hate? They've got the previews lasting so long now. And if you want to get a good seat in New York, you do have to go early. Mm -hmm. All right? This ain't, you can't. You got to show up 15 minutes early to get your aisle seat or your fucking middle seat, you know, wherever you like to be. But that means. You will just about finish your popcorn when the fucking movie starts. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. There are so many previews that just as your film's starting, you're like saying to your chick, here, take this. I'm a little sick to my stomach from eating popcorn. <laughs> I fucking hate this popcorn. It's not just the previews. The commercials is really what I hate <laughs> regular TV commercials in a movie theater. Like, I love the previews. I always go early for it. But you see a Coke commercial that you can see on TV in the theater? Well, you get preview <laughs> previews now because you get that first look. Before the previews actually and then, start. Isn't there something called like the 10 or something like that? Yeah, the 20 something. Yeah, the 20. Yep. And then first look is not even a different one. That's like time for first look. <laughs> yeah. Things are going crazy over here. You always have that. 
energetic fucking person. <laughs> you got a first look at Drew Carey as the new host of Price is Right. <laughs> You're going crazy. <laughs> I you got a new it. look at the new <laughs> Nike sneakers. <laughs> Thanks. Nothing I asked for. <laughs> just go back to that. I like to go to a cheap one that just has a trivia loop. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a jumble. Yeah. You're like, that's George Clooney. Harrison Ford. <laughs> and you feel so smart. Yeah. <laughs> What's Until nice it goes in a loop. if someone's getting popcorn and then they come and sit down and they missed one of those trivias and then you can <laughs> act like you knew it right away when they come in and it goes by again. That would mean that you saw a movie with someone. <laughs> I didn't know it though. That's Pat the before thing. Before family. Like, there's no way. What, you... what percentage do you see movies alone? Oh, 99%. Earl, what about you? 80. 80% alone. Dave? 95. 95% just you at the movies. Yeah. Hicks? 90%. <clears throat> he does. You'll go to a theater by yourself. Oh, yeah, I prefer it. I prefer it, too. You'll go... If I like the movie a lot, <laughs> I'll, I would say 90%, and if I like the movie a lot, I'm definitely seeing it alone. I haven't seen a movie alone in a long time. It's great. It's a f really great experience. You have no, Very but you don't have that thing that you wish you could talk to somebody about the movie as soon as it's no, over. I really don't like anyone talking. <clears throat> I don't want to hear someone else. Oh my gosh, look how great she looks! No, I mean after the movie, motherfucker. I go then. Then I go and find friends who have seen it, and then I can do it that way. Then me and you ought to go to two different movies <laughs> at the same time. I'll go uptown, you go downtown. All right, I'll meet you at Midtown for pie. <laughs> I like to talk about <laughs> movies while I eat pie. Okay. The next movie that I want to see, I'm not even sure. I mean, what's that? I uh, no, I'm just I'm not even sure what's the next movie. I guess Avatar, Avatar is the yeah. next. Well, yeah. I I saw Up in the Air. Oh really? Yeah, the George Clooney that uh, won the uh, movie of the year. Yeah, I want to see it. Is it good? I'm not telling you. Oh. Let's just say I want you to see it. All right. I mean, uh, you know, I'd like to see it, but I definitely want to see that Simple Man that Tom Ford directed. He's the fashion designer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the movie, though. The trailer, though. Of course you haven't, because you don't even know who Woody Allen is. I knew who Woody Allen is. <laughs> Does he know who Woody Allen is? I just couldn't remember his name. You don't know who Woody, 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 Woody Allen is. You don't know who Woody Allen is. You know how long I knew Woody Allen is. I know Woody Allen. I know Woody Allen. You people don't know Woody Allen. Okay, if you know Woody Allen, name five Woody Allen films right now. Go. Okay, I don't know five Woody Allen films. Okay, let's see. Sleeper? Oh, the sleeper. sleeper. Uh, the sleeper. Let him go. See. Let's see if I can do it. Um, Manhattan. Um, Annie Hall. Uh, maybe I'm going to do this. Uh, two more. <laughs> Three two seconds. More. I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not a movie. I ain't done any movies. So? <laughs> name, name five Scorsese films. Oh, I mean, that's not one of my favorite either. Oh, see, see, see. Uh, name five Stanley Kubrick films. Wow. Name five uh, Francis Ford Coppola's films. Here's what kills me. He went to fucking film school, Dave. I have other no, films Franklin. I like. I could, name, I could name three David Lynch movies. So could three. anyone could. Anyone could. He has maybe five. No, he doesn't. Let's see. Fire Walks With Me. Uh, Fire Walks With Me is the first thing he fucking brings well, up. No back. way, dude. All right. Uh, let me see. Eraserhead. Uh, Dune. Uh, da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Empire, 
Oh, what the hell? Empire Strikes Back. No, it's no. not. It's the sequel. Uh, I'm fucking believing. How did you? I like my own velvet. movies. Blue you know what I would like to do? But I love Blue Velvet. You know what I would like to do? Of course I do. I would. I would like to take him down to Cosby and said, "And this black man has a master's degree." <laughs> right. Exactly. And what no, I like. No, this is why I picked Earl over Franklin. This would be like saying, "Oh." Yes, I want to own a baseball team. Wait, 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 wait. Baseball players. <laughs> How uh, does this make me Earl more black than something? me? Earl's the blackest man I've How ever met. How do you make him more black for knowing Woody Allen? He didn't even know, know Woody Allen. Not, right. Let me ask this. I can, I can name five Woody Allen. Movies. Of course you could. <laughs> Earl, Earl and I went and and saw Manhattan on the big screen the other uh. day. And then when it got to the point where that Woody quits his job and is writing a book that he's freaking out and doesn't have to do. I kept staring at Earl. Earl was going, Earl could breathe in that. That's a disgrace, Franklin, about the Scorsese and Kubrick as well. You're not it off the hook with that. All right, let me, let me try you know Scorsese. What? No, too late. You, you couldn't name one. What percentage one. black are you? Seriously. Name five well, Spike really Lee's. I mean, honestly. Five Spike Lee's. Wow. Oh, five Sp Spike Lee movies? Do the Right Thing, Jungle Fever. Um, what percentage black are you? I would say maybe maybe 75%. Name five maybe. black people. <laughs> Frederick Douglass, <laughs> Bill Cosby. Frederick Douglass. Sidney Poitier. Richard Pryor. He knows black people the same way that people from Nebraska do. From TV and movies. You got Hank Aaron. Hammer and Hank. Let's see on the damp. Vic, right? The same team. The only the only way he'll know black people is if his chauffeur points them out. There's one. Oh, I would love that day. How about Spielberg movies? I mean, what kind of movies are you into if you can't name I like sci-fi movies, but I don't follow... Five Spielbergs. I don't... Well, five, Spielberg's kind of easy, man. It's like Amistad. They're all easy. Amistad. <laughs> Amistad, Jurassic Park, E.T. Oh my then, God! You know, that oh, just you're another one. And, but, but the thing is, like, I don't follow don't, each person's don't, career the way you do, dude. But you, why what? would you get a film degree then? Like, I could tell you my favorite movies, no, but you I couldn't. can't tell you my favorite all my. I couldn't tell you everything that one person did. But most of these people, you don't even know the films that they made, which is amazing. That's and not exactly uh, true. If you had to say you saw one film in your life mm -hmm. that you decided. I'm gonna be a filmmaker and kind of. This would be film my. Did it? What, this is my ground zero. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is what I build my stuff on the back of. Wow, that's kind of a tricky question because I have two answers based on. Okay, the f film that made me want to be a filmmaker was *The Dark Crystal* by Jim Henson, and then more recently, *Network* made me want to continue growing. When did as you a see filmmaker. *Network*? About two years ago. All right. The fact. In fact, you suggested it. But here's the thing: How did he get a master's degree? No, because I'm very good at what I do. I'm just not good at that, being a fan. Not, I have to say that. <laughs> you no, what I mean? not, I'm not asking you to be a fan. Yeah. But these are films that you look at and study and know. This you wouldn't want to be a guitar player and and not know who Eric Clapton was. True. Or Buddy Guy or Muddy Waters or BB right. King. I'm not saying that you have to follow them like a fan, but you would have to know what the history of this the, is. The thing that Martin Scorsese um, glowingly talks about when it comes to young filmmakers is their knowledge of film. For instance, Wes Anderson, P.T. Anderson, Scorsese himself mm. is blown away at how much these guys know movies. And that helps True. the guys make better movies. 
for a few different reasons. One is if they've seen Kubrick m- movies, they're mm-hmm. not they're not going to do the same things. They might say right, you get to start. That gets to be your exactly. base point. I will agree with what you you're saying there, but you also right. got to understand where I come from. Being a filmmaker, I came from being a filmmaker, what, being what a visual artist. You might not I even came realize from visual arts into film and future movies. You see, you might not even realize that. Something you have are doing yeah. may have already been done, but by it the was masters. never done by me. But that's not the. Point. It won't be but my frankly, story. The audience won't care if if, but, if, but if you I, have a shot yes. that looks exactly like a Kubrick shot. Mm-hmm. People are going to say this is this is a Kubrick shot. You, you can't say, well, I've never seen the Kubrick movie. No, I no can very well fuck. say that. I but can frankly, say, no and they can they, can they can they can say that it reminds them of the Kubrick shot. You see, I'm, I'm going to ask you this: you mm-hmm. you love Network, right? Yeah, I do love, and that changed you, and you said. All right, now I want to go on and do something even better. Right? I definitely felt, yeah. And that's a great thing for yeah. Nars Depp. Yeah. Who directed that film? Oh, I absolutely have no idea who directed that movie. One of the great New York film directors, mm. Sidney Lumet, who... Oh, so I didn't know. Okay, I didn't know that. But how would you? you just didn't I didn't want to guess. You didn't know. I didn't want to guess and Earl, be wrong. You know, yes. You know who wrote the film? That I don't know. One of the greatest film writers, uh, film, uh, screenwriters we've ever had. I think he's got three Oscars, the only one who's got three screenwriting Oscars. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what it is, though? Patty Chayefsky. Right. Oh, I don't so, know him at all, actually. But how could you say I know film and. and uh, I don't I be say I know film. I say I'm a filmmaker. I don't know film history. But to be a filmmaker, but you should also you, have a knowledge of the film. I know art history. That. I grew up going through college learning art history. Why did you go to film school? Be- I didn't go to film school. I went to art school. I went to uh, theater arts and film. So then when I became a designer, I started getting to theater and realized that I want to tell my stories through film. So then I started becoming, I learned how to do the trade of film from that point. Okay, well, it's not it's not going to be a viable excuse. Say if you start a movie, there's with, no excuse with the, with the, on a guy's uh, eye. I got, I, got, I got a break. I got a break. Oh. I, I promise we get back to this stuff. Steven Singer Jewelers. Steven Singer. If you're looking for a gift this holiday season, no one's going to make shopping for jewelry easier than Steven Singer and his jewelry store in Philadelphia. You can also go online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer, they've got the best customer service. If you're in the store, you can go by, have a beer, relax while you're jewelry shopping. They got popcorn, they got cookies. It's very laid back, and there's people there that are willing to help you, not just aggravated because you walked into their jewelry store. On Sundays, they got the NFL playing in the store. So you're going to be able to sit there, have a beer, watch the game, and get your Christmas needs all taken care of. I walked into a jewelry store one time, Fizz. Mm Mm-hmm. And I felt like the woman who was waiting on me shit in my face. Mm-hmm. It won't happen at Steven Singer Jewelers. No one will shit in your face. You can call. Why not? That's not what they do there. One eight eight eight. I hate Steven Singer. Give him a call, and you can even set up a personal shopper. I'd rather have that because I've been in some situations. It's just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So the personal shopper. You know what I'm saying, right, Earl? What? The personal shopper will help you for free. This is the best place to go. You get beautiful, top-quality jewelry, great price, free shipping, and a lifetime guarantee. The thing is, I you would have thought I could have gotten away before it all happened. I just didn't expect it so much. 
Yeah, that none of that stuff will happen at Steven Singer Jewelers. Absolute Good. best customer service. Go online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, the guy you can trust. The perfect gifts at affordable prices for the holidays. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Or if you're in Philly, stop by the store. Say hey to Steve at the corner of 8th and Walnut. Steven Singer Jewelry. <laughs> Everybody wants to see there's a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up. Uh, there's a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up if anybody wants to watch. There's a potential Donkey Kong kill screen if you want to watch. I can tell he's not on my side. He's one of he's a disciple of uh, Billy. Run a fair show. State of emergency. I've called Black America in together. Franklin and Earl. My two best black friends. Uh, and as I'm trying to fix Black America, we also find out we got to fix Franklin as a filmmaker. <laughs> he doesn't know who filmmakers are, Earl, no, as he's making films. I was like sitting there stunned. There's like part of being a filmmaker is just looking at other people's work and knowing it. Like, <coughs> you know, it's like a baseball fan. Not it's like I, I don't know who managed the Yankees before <laughs> Joe Girardi. It's like doesn't seem possible. Doesn't, doesn't work. Which is probably why I don't possible. get into baseball the way you guys do either. No, but I mean, but well, no, it's filmmaking that you're in. <laughs> yeah, we know more about film than you do. But if you actually, were a baker, you'd yes. want to know what the other bakers did. You would yes. not want to know recipes. You would, I do want to know how other people do certain things that I like. For example, when I saw Pie and then I saw uh, Requiem, I wanted to know who Darren Aronofsky was. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's the way I Don't you go. think you would have that happen to you a million times? You just said network changed your life. I probably would, yeah. And yet you didn't go to see the rest of Lumet's fabulous. And yeah. you don't know this. Earl and I have been trying to get Sidney Lumet to do an RBI with us for years. That's why I knew I knew his name, actually. You didn't know his name. I did. I mean, he was on our dream I mean, list, dude. He's on our dream you list. Did you see Dog Day Afternoon? <laughs> yes, I did see Dog Day Afternoon. Sorry. Who was in it? Al Pacino. And? Oh, Jesus. <gasps> uh, I don't know. That guy oh, who I can't remember who played his that girlfriend. Guy. The guy, that friend. guy. That guy. I don't John Cassell. Yeah. Sally. Um, I found Franklin's list of his favorite movies. Mm -hmm. Okay, and he is a filmmaker. Where did you find this out? Uh, I found it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. All right. So here's the list of Franklin's favorite movies. Red Dawn. You love Red Dawn. Don't lie. Big Fish. Out of everything that... The Great Muppet Caper. All right. <laughs> Yo, y'all don't like these movies? Work. Just stop Rod, You're trying to annoy. Porkies. It's on the list, Porky. Tell me you didn't love that little pee hole it, into the freaking uh, pee hole into the You're a filmmaker. Bathroom. You think Martin Scorsese would have Porky's? I'm not on Martin his Scorsese. List? I liked Porky's and the Muppets. I, I and your and your people were worried that my movie marketing would have hurt you. <laughs> yeah, they. You already realize. said I'm not a serious filmmaker. No, I am a serious filmmaker. I am very much a serious filmmaker. I just how don't... come you don't make personal films? I do. It's just you guys don't realize how personal the stuff that I do is. You know what I mean? It's just this well spun. What aren't we getting? He has Bubble Boy on his list. All right, let's Yo, just tell me you don't love Bubble Boy. Stop no, it, man. Man. I don't fucking love it. Yo, you don't love Bubble Boy? You told me how good Harold and Kumar 2 was. That fucking movie was garbage. All right, well, he I don't know Superman about that one. One, two, and three. Richard Pryor, yo. Did you just say yo? 
I did. This is why <laughs> I haven't heard that since it was followed by MTV yeah. Raps. <laughs> that is why. <laughs> the last time anyone has said you. In the black competition. <laughs> yeah, Earl's the black one. <laughs> For the first time ever, Earl's the black one. Oh, I forgot Congratulations, babe. Earl. And Babe 2, Pig in the City. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's just stop How it. can you hate on any of these movies, dude? Hate on. I can hate on Babe 2. <laughs> Pig in the City? <laughs> This is. It's not even at okay. You say you're not Scorsese, but like even like like, like a Farrelly brothers Wait, wouldn't have this. On He's not list. even Scorsese's pizza delivery boy. <laughs> That's how far he is from. I, I would trust. A lot of I movies. would let the guy who drops pizzas off at Scorsese's <laughs> office pick out fucking DVDs for me before Franklin. You guys, uh, you know what? Need to give you this. haven't brought up one film mm. that's as good as uh, Fezzi's Crying Baby at the start of <laughs> the AMC. The please silence your cell phone uh, <laughs> announcement. All right, what about? Don't uh, what ruin about the, the movie. Does it bother you guys when someone's checking their text during a movie? Yeah. Like they're not making any noise, but you could just see. That they're checking their text. I don't want yeah, the, to do lights the light does bother me. Actually, yeah. forget about yeah. the light. I don't. All eyes on the screen. All eyes. <laughs> I need everyone to look, <laughs> not just me. Eyes forward. I get, very, I get very upset. Dave, you know you love Bubble Boy. No, it's a terrible... These are really Come bad on. movies. I mean, The Muppet Caper is a fine little Muppet movie. It's not something you should put as a filmmaker on your top movie. Why? Should I be afraid of my favorite movies because yeah. other filmmakers won't like them? It you wasn't should. on Jim Henson's <laughs> list. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. did you do did, when you were in theater? Did you yeah. direct th theater? No, I was a costume and set designer in theater. <coughs> what a costume designer like you can sew? No, I design. Well, What's I can sew. I can sew. Like basically, you get a script, right? And I would design all the locations for all the characters to be in, and then everything that they were wearing, I would draw it out. And then who actually made the clothes? Seamstresses. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I always thought a designer had to sew, but that's from watching well, Project I mean, you Runway. You have to yeah. learn that stuff. We ought stuff, to put him but... on Project Runway. <laughs> yeah. I oh. don't sew. <laughs> <laughs> then then we can hear the, Tim actually said this. Thank you, Moo. <laughs> Thank you, Moo. We're going to move on now. Move Talk on. to me, Moo. <laughs> uh, Franklin, I'm quite concerned right now. You've got a cartoon... <laughs> Cal uh, interacting with gangsters. We'll make it work. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to Tim Gunn. I'm just going to go on my own. Do my own instincts. Dandy candy. We're off Tim, to Moog. <laughs> Tim Gunn would be, uh, would be sitting there. I mean, fucking the other little one. It looks so stupid. The way you just don't even know who Sidney Lumet is. <laughs> right? The people talking to the cameras. It reminds me once I went to a jewelry store and the woman shit right in my face. <laughs> How the hell? There's, you know what? You can't fucking pick anymore. How the hell could the the Giants just suddenly come back and start dominating the Cowboys? I'm looking at it on ESPN they, uh, right now. The Cowboys <laughs> woke up a sleeping giant, no pun intended. It is a pun. It's the only reason. <laughs> Why don't you just yell out pun intended? They just, they talked to Smack and they were, they came in saying we're going to get the revenge on the Giants for Eli signing our wall. the wall. Uh, by Texas. the way, uh, Friday, um, we've got Brazilian Julie coming in. And I don't know what's going on in her life, but her Twitters are batshit. Uh-oh. 
She's burning stuff up that belong to exes. <gasps> Have you been uh, watching Hicks? Yeah, I saw the shit, stuff shit on fire yesterday. It was, Jesus Christ. What about you? <laughs> Wouldn't you be perfect with her? I, I have a uh, girlfriend already. My yeah, but it's not much. a serious thing, is it? Yeah, a little, a little bit. Yes. <laughs> That's the girl you want to OD with. <laughs> Ouch, I don't want to OD, but get high, yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> She's a fine woman. He actually said, Ouch. <laughs> He was hurt that much verbally. <laughs> he said, ouch. Mm. And then on Thursday, I think Mafia Life Chris is coming in. Yeah. By the way, uh, so uh, the, the thing about Julie, she's already deleted the guy off her Facebook. This is what her Twitter is today. I deleted him from my Facebook. Go enjoy the perfect, gorgeous white girl I will never be. Holy mackerel. I guess he dumped wow. her for a white girl. Who cares? No one wants a white chick. <laughs> Not when you could have a Brazilian girl. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. How about Earl and Julie? Earl needs some. Um... Oh, can't handle Earl's Julie, Earl's the only man. one who wants a white girl. Did you know Earl can't handle Julie? Oh, come on now. Who would be the judge? Well, you think you can handle Julie? I'm not talking about my ah, I was talking about Earl, and I know he can't. He ain't saying a word. What? <laughs> Condescending to It's Earl. not. It's honest. I ain't saying I can handle Julie. But you say, <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question right now. Yeah. I want you to be 100% honest. 100% honest, always. What God do you believe in first, before we even do this? I believe, I believe in life energy. No okay. actual entity. So you know that life energy can turn bad. Yeah. Right. Would you be able to... At the risk of turning all your life energy bad. Okay. Tell me the truth about something. Okay. Have you ever masturbated thinking about Lily? No. Do you believe him, Dave? No, not for a second. Well, I masturbate to porn, guys. I have. But, dude. <laughs> if I have, you have. But what have you masturbated with? In terms of thinking about my Lily. hand, what, what? but no, 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 <laughs> well, no, no. It's like, what are you ass. watching while you're doing while you're masturbating? I've watched porn, but I've also sometimes don't always need porn. Okay, sometimes. see, I need to watch something to masturbate, so I'm not thinking about Name anybody besides I'm five, watching. Uh, porn directors. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Pennsylvania. Has Brazilian Julie ever dated Tiger Woods? Whoa, look who it is. The old radio shark. Radio no, shark? Not. Radio shark. What? Are you still there? I want to say, 2010, welcome back. I want to put it all behind us. And we'll start fresh in 2010. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. He doesn't know how to be treated nice. He only knows how to be in a fight. He's, you're making peace with the man. He's like, he doesn't want to do that. He freaks out and runs Yet, away. When, when we're warring with him, he's all upset. I have a masturbation thing for you. About, oh! about oh, you oh, stop thinking about me right now. Right now, now I do believe the well, I was story. just thinking about the last question again. <laughs> I've actually discussed masturbation with Lily, but I've never <gasps> thought about it while I was jerking. I never actually thought about it. You're lying. Why would I add more, <laughs> dude? It's easy for me to tell. What the do truth. you discuss her with her? Well, you know, I've asked, you know, we've talked about, like, what I've watched or what she's watched or what she's into or what I've been to. at the same time? No. Like, you turn it on yours, I'll turn on mine. We'll oh, no, but that yeah. might be kind of fun, actually. I guess that's not technically doing anything wrong. <laughs> what do you mean doing something wrong? 
What could be wrong, Tiger Woods? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the IF t Tiger Woods shirts yet? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's up there with a pet rock. I, don't I didn't know uh, there was a novelty T-shirt I don't own. Oh, yes. I'm going to go grab one. <laughs> I have Tiger Woods. I have to have this. You should start a business called Novelties. <laughs> they must already have that, huh? They must already be out there. Yeah. I think it's yeah. on the Jersey Shore. I think that's what the kids work at. <laughs> that fucking awful house with one of the t-shirts said, I'm hung like a hamster. And it, No, uh, he's hung like a hamster with an arrow pointing to his friend. What fucking kind what does of that mean? What are we waiting for? Let's get everybody to get those. Uh, we gotta, uh, we gotta get out. You didn't gotta plug anything, Fez, before we get out of here. Nope, I am good. Uh, hey, Chris Stanley, did you ever find out if Friday night we're gonna play the Christmas thing with sleeves? Uh, yeah, I, I'm getting the files from him today. So the answer is yes, and we can start promoting them. Yes. Let's cut a commercial for it after the show today, and promote our buddy sleeves. Earl, you need anything to plug? Uh, Saturday at the Brooklyn Museum, Black Rock Coalition will be saluting the music of Miss Grace Jones as part of the Who Shot Rock exhibit, and it starts Hold at 2.30, and it's for free. You're actually going to salute the music of Grace Jones? <laughs> it's going to be reinterpretations of the music yeah, of Grace Yeah, because we've Grace lived Jones. longer than I ever thought we would. <laughs> Franklin, what about for you? Anything to plug? Uh, yeah, go to lastnightinbrooklyn.com and either pick up a DVD or vote for the next film on the pick a uh, page. As if or us, John Lennon forever. Gonna be there tonight, Earl? I'm pro I might go Just there. do a swing by so I Yoko might, knows you, man. <laughs> Just give her five minutes yeah. of your time. Yeah, miss you, John. Uh, they were friends. As if for us, see you guys in here tomorrow for another weekday. We're running for it. Uh, that, uh, that's the end of my show. Oh. <laughs>